A mob scene in the third base dugout. Welcome to the Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. Perez had a huge night last night, Game 1 of the World Series. I don't know what more you could ask out of that guy last night, Fantone, right? I mean, what more can you get out of him? Dude, I cannot tell you. I watch a lot of Indians this year, probably more this year than I have in, uh, honestly, since probably 97. And I cannot tell you how many times I'd be sitting there watching that Thursday afternoon game Mother effing Roberto Perez. The dude was hitting under 100 in June. I mean, he was just struggling. I mean, good defensive catcher. There's no question about that. Yeah, they were. They kept talking about that last night during the broadcast. They said, look, they don't even care what this guy's bat does. He's so good behind the plate, calls a great game, handles the staff well, and then blows up last night. And then and then, and then, then the Jonathan LaCroix thing happened, and yeah. I lost my mind even more hating Roberto Perez. I was like, dude, if we have LaCroix, Indians win the World Series. And he shut me up last night. Dude, Roberto Perez, hats off to you, guy. I, I just exceed expectations, much like this Indians team, just just blowing people's minds when it comes to what they're capable of doing. Cannot say enough about Corey Kluber, too. Cannot say enough. I mean, that guy is so dominant. It's crazy when you look back, and Cleveland Cavaliers last night raised their banner, and it was awesome and everything, and LeBron James arguably had the greatest finals performance of all time. And last night, Corey Kluber had arguably the greatest three innings any pitcher has ever thrown in a World Series. Broke a World Series record, right? Threw, pitch, or struck out eight, eight people in three innings, in right? In three innings, yeah. dude. I mean, that's, that, yeah. that's, dude, dude, that is insane. And the fact that we are seeing both of those things happening within like four months of each other, I mean, those are, those are, those are top of the line, world caliber, like, performances. I mean, and, and, dude, you, you can't get any better than what Corey Kluber threw last night. No, he's amazing. I mean, the guy is so good. And, uh, uh, they're planning, I heard, pitching him game one last night, right. game four, game seven, if need be. That's why uh, Terry Francona decided to take him out early when mm-hmm. he was still rolling. And that takes discipline, honestly. When you have a pitcher that's up there just just throwing that hot heat like Corey Kluber was last night, you're going to ride him for as much as you possibly right. can. Unless you're a smart manager and know that you've got to win game four and you've got to win game seven if it's going to be there. So so for Terry Francona, just proving why he is you know one of the best minds in baseball last night. John Lester, the Cubs pitcher, was on tilt. Shook. Early. Shook. He was on tilt. I, could, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, you're walking guys and then hitting a guy to walk the bases full. Like, I was like, oh my God, dude, this is the World Series, dude. Brandon Geyer is the guy that got hit last night. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but that dude gets pegged more than anybody else in baseball. And I mean, number one guy with, in baseball, right? I mean, hit with the baseball, not like pegging. Oh. <laughs> I just Should clarify for this audience. Should clarify. Yeah, I know we talked about that recently, but he gets hit more than anybody else in baseball, which I don't understand why. I mean, maybe the dude's just stone cold and won't move. Most guys will back up and you know be afraid of getting hit maybe but i mean he took that last night on the on the i was on on his on his uh, back leg on the inside of the thigh and i'm just like who gets hit there yeah brandon geyer that's who gets brandon hit geyer there, dude. there running people in man it was just honestly what a great time to be a uh, northeast ohio sports fan dude. Then, then you have the 40 foot blooper that scores a run i mean it, it it was apparent early this is the indians game um yeah i, I had that it fe- felt that way i had that feeling early and i'm not gonna lie dude ever since you first initially said, no, it was a Stansbury quote, you heard it here first, Indians win the World Series. I can't even remember when that was, but it was well before the postseason. I believe the Cavs were still playing. And I, I honestly <laughs> I honestly thought, I was like, well, dude, you know, he's out there saying out, uh, you know, outlandish things. I think the That's Indians, what he does. I think the Indians are really good, but I don't think they're going to, I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, it's just unlikely that we're going to win a championship and then win another championship. And then we got to the postseason. And I'm like, well, we could, but I still don't think it's going to happen. You know, nothing 
nothing against the tribe. I'm not trying to be a hater. And then we beat the Blue Jays. Or then we beat the Red Sox. And then we beat the Blue Jays. And I'm like, dude, are, is this going to happen? And last night before the game, I thought to myself, I'm like, what if Stansberry's right? What if Stansberry is dude, like Nostradamus? Dude, what if he's just predicting things and they're going to start coming true? Guy lost my mind a little what bit. What more there. has to happen then get the, where, where I get you out of what if, Phil? I don't know. Dude, why are you still living in what if, Phil? This is definitive. I did over the course of my career, I have called stuff. I was the first guy on Tebow not being any good, right? I was, I do, I was the first guy out there telling you the Indians were going to go to the World Series. I've made some big monumentals uh, going in the opposite direction of what people thought was going to happen out there calling things, and they come true. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm starting to feel like a genius. Listen, I'm going to say, calling somebody to suck, like, so, oh, Tebow's going to suck. Well, dude, most guys that come out of college are eventually going to suck, and, they, you know, I'll give you credit where it's due, but this one I did not have faith in, dude. Even as somebody who who was believing in the tribe, and then when Trevor Bauer got hurt, and then, oh, dude, Michael Brantley's never going to play again, and all these things that just, just kept it. I'm like, That's dude, the Cleveland way. I'm like, dude, it's just not, well, no, the Cleveland way would be to lose, <laughs> like, and they just won't stop right now, man. Maybe it's the new Cleveland way maybe it's I'm, a, I'm telling you geez. it's it's the new Cleveland way this is what happens I think everybody counting the Indians out has built them together I think it has unified that that clubhouse in a way that we don't see in a lot of other teams and sports and dude those guys they all seem like friends they all seem like buddies and you don't have to be friends to win in the professional sports world you don't you can hate one another honestly and win Kobe hated just about every teammate he ever had one right so great can win but I think it's cool when you do like one another, when it is a unit, and I think it does make it easier to win. I, uh, it, there's definitely a, a, a validity to running through a wall for another guy. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, if right. you're willing to do that, then of course you're going to, um, you're going to have that all in mentality. You're going to be bunkered down together. And you're right. The underdog thing does play well. There's no question about it. I just think it was very evident last night. Um, what winning one championship has done for this area's right. sports fans. It, it really was obvious, like watching social media, that people were believing. And, 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 and I expect to win. Yeah, well, at the very That's least, insanity. At, at the very least, I think people, whether they expect it to win or, or, or they, they believe it can happen. And, and, you know, if this would have happened a year ago, if the Indians would have been in the World Series, people were just like, oh, dude, it's not going to happen. Jose Mesa, the drive, John Elway's going to come out and hit a home run. <laughs> And you you didn't see that last night. No, you didn't. You just you just you didn't see it. I didn't feel it. You know, um, and you talked about it. I think last week, but you know, it, whether it was that Kyrie Irving shot or or you know LeBron's block or whenever it was that that we believed we could win that series, everything changed in the sports world here. Okay, like everything. I'm glad you went here because I thought so too until I woke up this morning, and I've seen multiple posts like this one, and I want to read you this because I think that okay. this guy's nuts. And again, this is just somebody on Facebook. I don't know him. Never met the guy. Okay? He says, you know what? Screw the Indians. I've been loyal to Cleveland sports my whole life. He says, I'm supposed to be a Cleveland sports fan because it's the closest major city to me. I'm assuming he lives somewhere down here, maybe. Okay. He says, well, that ends today. This, he says, I've been discreetly rooting for the Indians for two decades and never thought I'd see them have a legit chance at winning at all. Even more so, never thought I would find myself rooting against them. Loyalty gets you nowhere in life. Sometimes something I've reluctantly accepted, but is one of life's harsh realities. From an unbiased historical perspective, the Cubs winning it all is monumentally bigger than the Indians winning. I'm going to stop there and say I think that that's false. I think that I, I think the Cubs losing extends that story in baseball one more year, and baseball needs stories. So I would say that honestly, the the, the Cubs losing either way there, it, you know, baseball kind of gets what they're after there.
Um, I, I will say that with the Cubs and their their record of of sucking and never being able to win a World Series, um, you have seen, and I'm I'm talking like not just on like sports programs. I'm talking like NBC Nightly News is like, oh, dude, the Cubs, you the gotta Cubs. check out the Cubs, and you know, on on CNN, they're like they're not even just doing sports stories; it's Cubs stories. It's not World Series updates. Right. It's like here's the story with right. the Cubs. With the Cubs. So if you're talking from the perspective of like, well, what's going to get more web hits? It, the probably Cubs the Chicago Cubs winning it right. is going to get the most. Nobody, honestly, most. Baseball fans don't care about our baseball drought. Right. The Especially Indi- after the Cavs won. It doesn't always. Yes. Absolutely. But even without that, it's not like it's not the story of the franchise is that you can't win it. The story of the Cubs franchise is that you can't win it. And it's a major city in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a whether, major city. Whether we like that or not, I mean, Chicago is a major top three city in the country. What made the Boston Red Sox. What made that story so great is that they constantly lost to the Yankees. Like, had they been losing to somebody else all that time? I'm not, I don't know if that ever gets that big. Now, again, Boston, another major city. Now, their second and third World Series, by the way, the ratings, abysmal. The first one, huge, because people were looking to see if they could win it. Although it averaged like a nine and a half, clinch game got like a 13. Like, it's still, as far as like sports ratings go, wasn't great. Now, I don't know what the overnight ratings for, for last night's game were yet. I predicted that I don't think the ratings of this World Series are going to be all that great. I think they'll be just about average World Series ratings. That's what I predict. I could be way wrong. There are people in the audience think I'm way wrong. I, I, I guess we'll see at the end of, I'm guessing, five games. Well, I was going to say it's going to depend how that goes because if it's obvious. The clinch the Indians, game will be big. If the Indians go up three or something like that, then right. nobody's going to care. Once Cubs fans are out, it'll right. be over. Right. It's going to change. It, the, it, you'll be, yeah. There'll be tumbleweed rolling through your through your TV. But I don't understand this dude. He, now he's calling the, 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 uh, the, the Cleveland fans dog ass. Says the same people that hoot and holler about the Cavs and Indians in the summer and fall will go root for the Steelers on Sundays. Dude, obviously this guy's wife cheated on him. You know what I mean? That's pretty. Right. That's pretty evident from this like, entire thing dude, <laughs> that he's got. He's he's gotten gonorrhea from his wife or something. Like I've been that. alive forty years, and the Cleveland sports teams have let me down at every turn for forty years. Mm-hmm. This is the last day in the world I'm going to take issue with the, with Northeast Ohio sports. We got a championship banner raised last night, and we just won Game One of the World Series. If you're bitching this morning, uh, dude, something's wrong with you. I agree with Fantone. Something is wrong with you. Nothing's wrong with the Indians. Nothing's wrong with the Indians fans ba- fan base. It. This is you. Did you watch that calf ceremony? Oh yeah, dude. Of course I did. Okay, you know Tear, what? Tears in my eye. Come on now. I'll be honest. I did not see a single second of that. So I want to take this break here. Come right back, and I want you to fill me in on kind of uh, all things Cavaliers from last night. We'll do that next on the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We started the program out. All Indians. And we should. They won game one of the World Series. We're going to talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll talk to him at 8 a.m. this morning. But Naria mentioned to open the program about our actual championship team, the team that's already won the championship. Guaranteed. Yeah, champions right there. Got a banner last night, got some rings last night, had the ceremonies last night. Felt like the dream kind of came true last night. Like, don't get me wrong, watching LeBron hoist that trophy over his head meant something. And, and you know, seeing all the all the pictures of the parade and Kevin Love walking around with the belt. But, dude, putting the banner up means something. I haven't seen a second of that. My friend Jackie was at the game last night. I was texting her, uh, you know, updates on the baseball game. Right. And I was like, yo, man, they just walked the bases loaded. And then I guess they showed it on the Jumbotron there. And I guess she's like, this place is going nuts in here. 
So I didn't see any of this. I haven't heard any of this audio yet. I, uh, I I was all about baseball last night, which, again, I said yesterday on the program, felt very strange. Thanks, LeBron. Now get to the back of the bus so I can worry about this. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like I was, like, brushing off a team that had already given me the one thing I wanted more than anything in the world. Like, ah, thanks. Now I'm moving on to this one. It felt a little bit like that. Of course. Of course. Um, and there's going to be people who are going to prioritize an Indians championship over a Cavs championship and vice, and vice versa. versa. Right. And then there's idiots out there who are going who prioritize the Browns over both of those things for some reason. But they're Dude, they're going to get good. They're going to do it. They're going to get good. <laughs> okay. No, right. I, what did I say? What did I say? Your Cavaliers win the, win the championship, the Tribe's going to win the World Series, and the Browns are going to go 0-20. I'm telling you, I know this stuff. I know this stuff. I pay attention to this stuff. I'm telling you right now. That's the way it's going to go. But last night was the ring ceremony, banner raising ceremony inside the queue for the Cavaliers. We have a little audio in case you missed that. I don't have a lot to say because you don't really need to say more than you see here. But really, this is for you. This is for the fans and the people of Cleveland. Cannot thank you enough. Words can't thank you for your support. And you're the greatest sports city in the world. And thank you. Listen to the approval there. Yeah. One more thing. How about them Cowboys plays in Dallas? Uh, (laughs) When this is all over and that banner goes up, there's only one thing left to do. Repeat. Nice. Nice. I like the message. Go Tribe. Oh, go, I like that. Yeah, Go Tribe. They were very um, very into the Indians last night. Those two teams, their social media directors, are very good at playing off of one another and involving one another in their tweets. Um, and that's obviously going to be a very important thing as sports continue to evolve and move forward is that presence, and they both do a fantastic job of it. Um, dude, Dan Gilbert, uh, first and foremost, hats off to the guy. Without him, I don't know if any of this ever would have happened. No, wasn't it him just spending gobs of money over top of the salary cap or whatever that is? To For sure. Yeah, is, That's what made it happen, right? I mean, at least partially, there's no doubt about it. Um, I know everybody wanted to crap on the guy when he wrote, signed Tristan Thompson for all that money. When he when he when he signed or when he wrote the Comic Sans letter to LeBron James yeah. when he left, and I know there was a lot I of hated people, that letter. I know there was a lot of people who were like, "Oh, dude, Dan Gilbert, screw you, get out of town," and 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 and, and all that stuff. But through it all, he really has stuck with Northeast Ohio. He has stuck with the Cavaliers. He has made that you know his project, and he's a Detroit guy through and through. Right, like he's not from Cleveland. I mean, he's Detroit, like one hundred percent. So for him to continue to invest in this and and, and and to be you know an owner that is honestly uh, you know top of the pops like hats off to Dan Gilbert. The thing about him is, is that people wanted to slate him as the guy who just came here to rip us off mm-hmm. and take like casino money and mm-hmm. this and that, which would be true if he didn't pay Tristan Thompson hundred million dollars. Right. Right? right, right. I mean that then you can start talking that, but when you go when you open the checkbook and you write the checks for dudes to win the championship, you can no longer say that about a guy. Yeah, I mean, he's, in my opinion, he's proven himself to be down for the cause. Of to this me, area. yes, yeah. Um, I, I, before we get off Dan Gilbert, I do want to note, and I thought it was suspicious—not suspicious, but Uh-oh. I was just uh, obvious to me. Uh, Nick Gilbert, who was this is the son, his right? Son, and the I the bow tie kid, I, yeah, the, with the bow tie, and I can't remember what his 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 disease is, but I know he's got some sort of muscular. I yeah, there, there was an issue there, right? And uh, I, I, you just, I haven't seen him. I haven't heard about him. It's just weird to me. I would have figured this kid, who I've always said is the reason why. Dan Gilbert was so hell bent on winning an NBA championship is because his son wanted one, and his he couldn't cure his son with all the money in the right. world. He couldn't. He but can't. he could write checks to win a championship, he, right? And I always thought, well, that's why Dan. That's awesome. I always thought that's why Dan Gilbert is so hell bent on this, and, and and he's so determined to do this, and obviously was able to do it. It was just surprising to me not to see Nick Gilbert last night. You ready for some LeBron? Yeah, can I have LeBron, please? Yeah, here we go. And number 
teammates and I, the coaching staff, the front office, the owners, um, this is for you guys. This is all for you. You know, we put a lot of hard work and dedication in the last year, and um, it's always to know the saying that hard work pays off, and this is a true testament of it. This, this, this night, none of us will ever forget. None of us, anybody in this building, anybody in this community, anybody in this state, anybody that got any ties to Cleveland and Northeast Ohio. I've been to Northeast Ohio, you know, yeah, man! This building, <laughs> to next door, where our, our guys next door opening the World Series. At this point, if you're not from here, live here, play here, dedicate yourself to Cleveland, then uh, makes no sense for you to live at this point. <laughs> Cleveland against the world. Whoa. <laughs> Did LeBron James just commit genocide? Dude, Is that any, what just happened? Anybody that's not in Northeast Ohio, you're going to die. I, I don't know what that was. It felt like the comment kind of got away from him. Emotion overtook him. It got away from him in the moment. We don't normally see that with LeBron James a lot. I know he swore at the parade and like people had like issues with that. Normally a very articulate guy, very calculated in his speaking. That was a little outside of the normal LeBron James. Uh, but you have to listen to it again. I don't know if he, he wasn't implying like you should be dead. It's just, dude, we're dominating the world. What do you have to be alive for right now. Okay. If you're not from here, live here, play here, dedicate yourself to Cleveland, then uh makes no sense for you to live at this point. Cleveland against the world. Uh, uh, I don't genocide, know. Genocide? You're calling uh, genocide? I don't know. I mean, does he want people to die? Probably not. <laughs> but there that was not the best way to have relayed that. Like I said, I think the, I think the words kind of got away from him. It's not egregious him. or anything. Right. It's not it's not criminal or anything. And as you listen to the Sansbury show on a regular basis, you know sometimes that happens. It's 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 inevitable. <laughs> you mean to tell me statements will get away from you? When you're spitting words into a microphone, you're going to mess up. But honestly, when you listen to that whole minute and a half that he talked plus, um he just did everything right, man. Talking about hard work, talking about, you know, hey, this isn't for us. This is for you. Uh, build the statue, right? Uh, or just build it, right? I, I don't know how it's not built already. I mean, how's it not built already? But yes, there's obviously going to be a statue of LeBron James outside the queue at some point. I would have to imagine. I would hope. I would hope. Right? I mean, there's a Tommy statue. I mean, Tommy never won the World Series here. So, I mean, if if you're going to do that, then again, yeah, I think then you have to immortalize LeBron James that way. Now, I know people are going to say, well, you know, you know. And I was like, yeah. well, you know, that that's good too. But the, you know, yeah. the banner's removable. Put that statue out in front of the stadium. Give them the I mean, banners? you got Jim Brown in front of you know uh, the Brown Stadium. You got Tommy outside of you know Progressive Field. Now, I think LeBron makes all the sense in the world. Now, you're probably just going to wait until he's done playing. Obviously, give him the banner. Give him the statue. Give him a street. Give him the mayor. You know what I'm saying? Like, give him the mayor's office. The team? You, yeah, give him, give him, give him the team. What are you talking about? Give LeBron everything. Dude. I think that I think dude, you were the first guy on that, by the way. And and I think Phantom was way early. I think honestly, LeBron James is going to try to buy the Cavaliers. I, dude, I'm telling you, I bet you that was a part of the handshake, the wink, wink deal when he came back. It's like, dude, Dan, I'll win you some, I'll, I'll put some banners up for you. And when I decide it's time to call it quits, you know, we're uh, you, you're selling me part of this company because that's LeBron. It's only worth owning if there's a championship associated. Of course, of course, and the championship that he put up there, dude. Yeah, of course. Real easy for him to yell, go Indians last night, just because, right. like I've said before, if he wouldn't have won that first championship, LeBron would be crapping his pants right now. He'd be wearing that Yankees hat right now, dude. Yeah, you know, there. Uh, 
and uh, you know, people have come after him for that, and now like being fair weather and you know talking about. In, in, but dude, what do you? The, the guy kind of has to do this now. And I think the guy has shown over the past two years that he's kind of grown up and like he kind of understands why it's important to be a, an Indians fan when you're such a high profile figure. And why, when the you city's know? riding high, you ride the wave right. of the city. Yeah, you ride the wave of the city. You know what else happened last night? As you know, uh, the NBA full underway. Yeah, and. I heard this line, and when I heard the line a few weeks ago, and some dude's really pissed at me, so I want to make sure I have it right right now. Okay. I heard this line, this Vegas bet line, on the herd with Colin Coward. This dude's super pissed at me for, I don't know, not mentioning that. But okay. I heard this betting line okay. on his show a few months ago, and that's Vegas set the over-under of wins for the Golden State Warriors at 67.5. I think bet the under. I think the under's the way to go. I think you're going to see... Issues with that team. They're going to try to figure out how to score. You're going to see them rest dudes all year because because of some of the injuries that happened late in the year last year. And they're really worried about beating the Cavaliers. I think you're going to watch them coast a little bit in the regular season. I don't think they care about breaking the record of 73 games or whatever the hell it is. I'd say bet the under. Sure enough, they opened last night against the Spurs, get blown out by 30. Yeah, I mean, they got beat up last 29, night. The, the, sorry. the Golden State Warriors got beat up last night, which was really good to see. Um, obviously, it's only one game, but that gets into your head. No There's Tim no Duncan there it. already. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no yeah. Tim Duncan. So it's like, that's 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 good. Uh, let's, not, let's not negate. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, right. pretty I mean, good. You know, the, the Spurs are a pretty good basketball team. But yeah, you're right, dude. When you're talking about what happened out on the court last night, not only did the Golden State Warriors get beat up, um, the Cavaliers kicked the crap out of what's supposed to be the East, the, uh, the East other oh, super the team. Oh, the Knicks, right? Yeah. That's who we played? Dude, I mean, Derrick Rose, garbage. Kamal Anthony, garbage. Dude, I dude, I honestly, like, F the Knicks, dude. I am not in the, in, in the Knicks business Again, at all. Again, from Fox Sports, Nick Wright had said that's the 2010 NBA. Uh, all-Stars team. Well, yeah, I mean, if we had a time machine, dude, Knicks <laughs> would be know, pretty good. You know, Keem Noah's on the Knicks now, right. too, dude. F that. I F hate that. Noah. I am one of those people, dude, that he blasted it because, you know, Noah tweeted out yesterday, it's still not a vacation spot. Okay, <laughs> do we know that? Dude, we we know that you're not here to go on vacation. You're here to win, and you can't do it, dude. And you can't do it. Well, he was here to watch other people get NBA rings or something. He, you know what I mean? He's, you can't do it. <laughs> All right. Somebody sent me a text message yesterday, Fantone. Okay. With an app that's available at both the iTunes store and you can get it for like your Google and your, you know, your Droid phones. And there's an app for everything these days. And you're going to get a little peer into who I am as a person and some of my anxiety issues and some of my like nervousness and paranoia issues via this app because I'm going to have to download it and I'm going to start using it. Wait till I tell you about this. We'll do it next on the Stansbury Stop. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9 at 7.30 this morning. We'll send you to see Bush at the Hard Rock Roxino. They're going to play on January the 1st. We'll pass those tickets out at 7.30. Also, at 9 o'clock this morning, we'll send you to the Factory of Terror, wrapping that up about this week. Yeah. I can't believe Halloween right around the corner. Yeah. It's insane to me. I uh, Actually, I have, a, I have a date this evening. Ooh. I have a date this evening, and we were trying to go to a haunted home. Like okay. a, a haunted house. We were trying to do that, but not a lot of them open on Wednesday nights. Right. And uh, so then we were like, all right, well, we'll go see a scary movie instead. Right. Right? Because I like scary movies. Not yeah. not a big fan of haunted houses, but I like the scary movies. And I checked. There's not a lot of good scary movies playing right now. And I don't understand that. This is like, I mean, if you're not putting them out now, then what are you waiting for? Yeah, tis the season for sure. Um, trying to think if there's any other like fall haunted house, like scary things you guys could go do. Haunted houses. I don't know. Maybe you could like walk around downtown Canton unarmed. I don't know. I don't know. That's scary enough, right? 
maybe go on like a hayride. A hayride. A hayride. You guys can go bobbing for apples. I don't. What about carving pumpkins? Oh my god. No, that sounds terrible. I, I'm lucky where I live. You're not going to see a lot of kids like walking up and down my street and hitting up my building for the candy and stuff. So I don't have to like put a pumpkin outside my house or I don't have to do any of that. Yeah, the kids you will see walking down your street are like literally hitting you with like pipes and hammers. Give me your money. Yeah, it's not tricks. They're actually turning them on the street corner. <laughs> so I think we're actually uh, we have settled on the girl on the train or whatever that movie which okay. looks pretty good yeah 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 i've seen previews for that that looks good looks pretty good so i think we're gonna go see that tonight stansbury on a date can't wait to hear about it tomorrow morning ah uh, 6 a.m hour i'll probably realize midway through the movie dude this girl sucks <laughs> torpedo i here's the thing we met at a, like at a first friday not even the last one but okay. we met at a first friday and like, we've been communicating time you know here and there but not a ton and uh, out of nowhere, she kind of hit me up again earlier this week. She's like, hey, how have you been? Things are good. She's like, we should really try to get together if we can make that happen. And I was like, okay. I was like, you know, well, let's go to the movies or something. And she's like, well, how about a haunted house? And I was like, all right. And then, we could, like I said, we couldn't find one on a Wednesday night. And I don't know why this is the night she can go out. My guess is she's probably stepping out of something Jeez, else. come on. I, I'm guess, I, don't, I don't know. I have no throw idea. that around that woman's neck. I, I have no idea. Well, nobody knows who it is. Um, well, good. I feel like there's a couple of good things happening. Uh, number one, um, this woman hit you up for this. You know what I mean? That's always kind of a, uh, I feel like a good thing where she's like capable of, you know, asking out and, and, and not like, oh, well, I'll just wait for him to call. You know, I, I know you like a woman who's a little more independent and like able to do things on her own there. Um, it's not like she's like sweating you of like, oh, Stansberry, when you gonna take me out blah 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 she's not like desperate for it or anything you guys have you know known each other for two months here the only concern i have is that dude Uh-oh. well first date movie isn't always going to be the best idea you know what i mean it was one of two ways there where first date movie is good because you don't have to listen to her and you're like oh my god maybe i can handle three hours big fan or you're gonna go you're both gonna be quiet and then it's gonna be like well i gotta go home and go to bed you know what i mean there's a lot of uh what do i want to say the fireworks aren't necessarily happening at a, at, at a movie well amy says you're idea was carving pumpkins jesus pantone obviously doesn't want to see you get laid ever again well that's a woman i don't know amy i feel like there's plenty of women out there who would uh who would be like oh that sounds like fun yeah Can we drink I, apple cider I, I i hate to side with him amy but i could yeah. just see chicks going oh my god this was like the, and then he had his own paring knife and then we just cut pumpkins oh right, yeah dude, that's that's right. chicks and you throw on a scary movie on netflix right. while, while you're carving the pumpkins come on now but I wanted to see this movie, The Girl on the Train, so I'm yeah, pretty interested. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I got, you know, we're going to go do that tonight. So, interested to see how that goes. And there you go. And another good thing, you met her in real life as opposed to on a dating app, which I know you will always uh, prefer to uh, meet somebody face to face, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. Like I said, we met in a bar downtown. We met in Buzzbend downtown. <laughs> And we started talking, and you know, I don't know, numbers got exchanged, and you know how that whole thing works. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm big against technology. Like I'm, 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 like I like it. I embrace it for the stuff that I like, but I'm worrisome about what it can do and what it has done to us as people. And I think we're a little too obsessed with it, right? And myself included. And that's why I talk about it is because I am phone addicted, and I wish I wasn't, and I would rather not be. So, a friend of mine sent me this app yesterday, and she said to me, "She goes, this is so you." I have a little bit of a public restroom phobia. I don't have a problem urinating in public restrooms, but the other thing, and again, welcome to the radio business, right? Where I can't even say real words because we're all six years old. 
But for going number two there, I have a phobia. I don't like it. I don't really like doing that anywhere but my office or my home. And I've been this way since like before American Pie when they called that kid Esprit and he had to go home. Like that was me in high school. I would get in my car and I would go home. That's just just who I am. So my friend sent me this app yesterday and she's like, this is so you. And it's places I've pooped is an app you can get for your phone now. And you then like write reviews of public restrooms for other phobic bathroom people out there. They can check the reviews and go, oh, my God, that's a safe place to rest my cheeks. I can do that. I can go there. I'm not going to lie. I feel like that's a uh, number one, you know, a good thing for people who are like germaphobic, but also people who are, you know, like those Pokemon players who are maybe looking for a new like way to like catch them all or something like that. Dude, you could start to be like the mayor of your town just based on how many places you've crapped. I feel like that's great. I really do like this idea. It's a fantastic idea. And it drops a pin in every place on the map that, that you've been. And it like updates you when your friends have gone somewhere and said, wow. dude, this works. Wow. What is this called? It's called Places I've Pooped. Dude, and I- you can get it. Like I said, it's available both on the iPhone and the Android service. So you can get it on both. And I think this is brilliant. And then sooner or later, what I hope would happen. Now, this is probably being a little too idealistic with it. But what I would hope would happen is that I would hope that sooner or later people are going to go, we better make sure our bathrooms are really clean. Much like you were, people were really worried about, well, dude, we, we don't want to get bad Yelp reviews, right? We don't want a bad Yelp review. You don't want a bad bathroom review, review right? What is it? John right. Taffer talks about that with bars all the time when he does like you know those bar makeover shows. He'll walk in there, dude, if your bathroom's not clean, women are out. See ya. Well, and I mean, you know, if you're not going to keep your bathroom clean, which is a public-facing, you know, area you're not keeping your kitchen or your or the back of your house clean so like yeah there's there's definitely a point there um i think it's funny though how you're like dude this is gonna help me find cleaner bathrooms all i can think about is like dude i want to crap more than anybody else in canton i want to own this crown man i honestly i'm a heavy really? i'm a heavy crapper and i'm not afraid to go anywhere i mean like oh i do see i don't like it and now now listen you mentioned you mentioned like going to downtown bars yeah you know maybe i'm gonna walk home for that one but for the most part i'm pretty open like i'll go wherever i mean I'm not I'm not worried about that at all. So, dude, I, I'm kind of like, I feel like I should download this. You want to be like the mayor of Foursquare of the places I pooped them. I, I feel like I should download this and go eat a brand muffin or something. See, <laughs> this is this kid's aspirations. These are his dreams. You wonder, like, dude, how did he land in Cano? That's right there because he legitimately aims at the middle there. I'm a heavy crapper, man. I'll go anywhere. I don't care. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. Yesterday on the program. We got into uh, the Giants kicker, Josh Brown, mm-hmm. and what happened with that. The Giants have uh, have changed their decision now. Uh, we'll give you the update on that. And then something happened on the sideline at an NFL game involving a Washington Redskins coach. I cannot believe I saw this. We'll get you uh, hooked up with that info also next on the Stansbury Show. 6-9. The pitch. Swing and a miss. Chase the curveball in the other batter's box. And Corey Kluber strikes out Brian a second time. Folks, Corey Kluber has registered nine outs, eight of them strikeouts. Kluber is just clutch, man. He's just clutch. We're lucky to have that dude. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Online for you, WRQK.com. 
7.30 this morning, we'll send you to see Bush. And then uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get a wrap-up of uh, the Cavs game last night. Obviously, game one of the World Series. Look ahead at tonight. It's game of uh, game two of the World Series. If you don't know, if you have not heard, they moved that game up. They're actually going to uh, first pitch 7.08 versus 8.08. Awesome news for us, yeah, obviously. I love that. I mean, love that. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to be in a movie theater now. Uh, I actually fell asleep for a little bit of the game last night during like the fourth inning. And I was like, babe, just wake me up if something interesting happens. She wakes me up for Andrew Miller coming in. Roberto Perez hits that bomb. I'm like, good night. See you later. Yeah. Yeah, I went to bed in the fifth inning. I was, uh, I was like, you know what? I, I feel like we're going to win. I feel like they got this. I have to be up early. I'm not feeling all that great. I'm a little under the weather. Let me try and get some rest. And yeah, I went down. Um, it, it is worth noting last night's game. Now, a World Series game, and obviously we were all hotly invested into it. Lasted three and a half hours. Dude. Baseball's got a time problem, dude. They do. For me, anyway. I think you can have a three-hour spot. Like, look, football games are long, but dudes are getting hit. Dudes are getting laid out. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of the. A lot of the action in baseball is non-action. Like it has to be explained. Like I don't know the game well enough. So like when Tito's like changing pitchers and this and that, like I don't know sitting on my couch of that's the right time to yank him versus no leave him in. Like I don't know enough about the game to know that. You know what I mean? Where football, like I know enough about the sport to where I can at least when look at stuff that's happening on the field. And go, that's insanity. And be and still be invested in it. Well, with football, obviously there's a clock going against you. Basketball, there's a clock going against you. It feels more urgent at that point. Baseball can just drag sometimes. And with football, I mean, you really do have to look at at, at, at the amount of downtime in those games where, yes, there's uh, uh, intense moments of action, but there's also just like minutes in between plays where it's just like, oh my God, dude, what are we waiting for? So I think all sports do have to work on streamlining things just based on the fact of it's 2016 and we've all got phones in our hands and we're all going to be distracted and we're all going to, you know, be looking for that, ah, you know, I'm out. And and if you're not invested in this as an Indians fan or a Cubs fan, three and a half hours, dude, that is just a long effing time. Another thing that's been part of the national dialogue about the World Series is that you're playing in Chicago and you're playing in Cleveland. These are both places that can have bad weather in October. Of course. Right? Of course. And so one of the theories I heard the other day is just take 20 games off the off the Major League Baseball season. Just take 20 games off the season. Yeah, but... I, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I don't know the sport well enough. I, I know baseball purists are probably like, what the hell are you talking about? But a, Yes, for sure, they're going to be like that, and more so baseball owners are going to be like, no, dude, this is how we make our money is by being open and having the doors open. I mean... Could you make the argument, maybe, though, you sell more tickets if there's less games? Because w- what do you always say about this, and it's totally true, is there's so many games in baseball that a lot of them don't matter. Yeah, I can go watch another one, or I can go to another one. If you take twenty out, now all of a sudden the games start to matter a little bit yeah, more. If you take right? eighty-two of them out, you know what I mean. If you take, you know, if we <laughs> yeah. if we if we just have sixteen yeah. games, then it's, they're all going to matter more. But dude, they want those doors open. Forty percent of chance of rain tonight at, at eight o'clock. Fifty percent at nine. So yeah. you're, you're probably going to see some rain during uh, you know during the game tonight. Boy, what's awesome is that Cleveland had thought ahead and decided to dome both their stadiums. Good job, guys. That makes all the sense in the world. You live in Northeast Ohio. You should totally have a dome. Do you want domes? Yes, dude. I retract ones, yes. How, how can you not? I always hear, now I don't know, I haven't run the numbers, but I hear, you know, NFL Dome teams only are good in the Dome, and then when they go on the road, then they don't play as well, and, you know, I, now look, the Browns go on the road, they don't play as well anyway. Dome, outside, inside, <laughs> whatever, the Browns are just not good, so, so no, that's not going to help us at all. Dude, so, yeah, put the Dome on. 
I think if you put the dome on, it gives you an opportunity to use that venue all year mm-hmm. for other things, too, and you can make money. Uh-huh. Like when Kenny Chesney and Tim McGraw team up and they tour over the winter or whatever, right. now all of a sudden you have a place that can host that. Right. Right. It makes all the sense in the it makes, world. It makes all the sense it, in the world. It, just diversity alone and then the ability, like tonight, where if you are in a ch- series and, oh, crap, the weather's going to suck, which in, let's be real, Northeast Ohio, the weather always is going to suck. Right. How do you guys not, how did, how did they not think about that? Yeah. The NFL as a whole has got a little bit of a problem right okay. now. Okay. They, they have uh, this whole issue about the Giants kicker, Josh Brown. He had admitted to abusing his ex-wife, viewed himself as a god, viewed her as a slave. Acknowledge he had a severe porn addiction. This is all in the police documents. Brown's private journal, along with some letters and emails that he sent, were part of the domestic violence case. This is all back from a 2015 arrest. He was charged with fourth-degree assault domestic violence after an incident with his ex-wife. Charges were eventually dropped. The documents have gone public, and it paints him in a very negative light, as it should, that's negative actions there. And initially, the Giants were going to stay put, and then he was suspended by you know one game, and then everybody lost their minds about the NFL. Because, oh my God, you know you deflate a football, you're out four games, you smack your wife around, you're gone a game. And I will admit, there's some hypocrisy there. Now, we made room for this yesterday because the NFL, what the NFL is going to say is they're going to punish you harsher for things that happen on the course of the field that can affect the ball game. Uh, the argument against that, what about uh, smoking weed? You know what I right. mean? Like, well, if you're suspending Josh Gordon, if you're, you know, if, if Ricky Williams can't play football because he smokes dope, that doesn't have to do anything on the field. I, again, am one of these people where the NFL is just kind of, dude, I, I don't know. Quit telling on yourself. Quit telling on yourself with the drug testing. Right. Last thing the Sansbury show ever does is admit that we're all doing drugs. That's the last thing that we do. Yeah, but nobody cares if we do drugs. <laughs> they, You know what I mean? Like, people care for some reason if the quarterback does drugs. I don't know why you people care. If he came over to your house, you'd roll him a joint. But you find out he does drugs, and you're like, oh, my God, get him off the team. Wait, Makes people, no sense. Which people do drugs, too? I didn't know that. But Josh Brown, this domestic violence issue is... An issue in the NFL seems to be rampant in the NFL the way it isn't in other sports leagues. And now the Giants have moved forward. There's this, you know what? He's released. See ya. Gotta go. And again, I had heard this theory that you need more women working in the NFL. And that maybe when these conversations start coming out, they start standing up at their desk and going, guys, you better suspend them for more games than that. Women are going to freak out. I think there is maybe something to too many men in the room going, well, I bet women will be all right with this, right? I mean, they like our product. There might be something to that. I don't know. I don't know what the numbers are of women working in front offices in the NFL. No, but obviously diversifying in that sense. More voices. Yeah. Right? Much like when there was a time in the NFL where we were like, dude, where are all the black coaches? Good point. Right? Like, at, so at one point, we were like, so wait, let me get this straight. They excel on the field, but we, you don't think that you could tell them how to do that when you're done playing. I mean, that was absurd. And now you see a lot of black position coaches and so not, still probably not enough NFL black head coaches. I'll say that. Right. Seems a little, it seems like that number is probably not high enough yet. But there was a time where that was the thing. And now this might be the thing. AFC North, uh, the Browns, Steelers, Bengals. That's three. I mean, dude, that's that's that's, oh my God. that's an impressive number, right? The only one is the Ravens yeah, without yeah, right. Harbaugh. Wow. Wow. I never even stopped to think about that. AFC North, dude, really uh, plays in the trail right there. We're like the Rosa Park of, of, of football conferences.
not even going to try to make a joke about the letters. <laughs> AFC North there. Just going to let you pick up that one and run with it on your own out there, Twitter. You can just pick that one up and run with it on your own. So they've moved forward from this guy. And I said yesterday, and I feel like I'm kind of on to something, where it's if you're charged with this stuff and then convicted of it, you're out of the league for a year. See ya. I believe in second chances in life. I understand that some of you feel like this is something that you don't get a second chance with. And I I get that, and it's probably valid. But for me, I would leave the door open. But I would say that you're out a year. And over that year, I want you in anger management classes. I want you in uh, counseling multiple times. I want you working on your body to make sure that you're game ready. And if over that year we see a fundamental change of your personality and your actions, and we see, because dudes like Greg Hardy from the Cowboys refuse to own up to it, still claims, ah, I didn't do anything, then dude, you're out, okay? But if you own up to this and say, you know what? This was awful. This isn't who I am. I am better than this. And you work to make a change in your life. I would leave the door open for you, but I want you gone a year. You gotta feel the you gotta feel the pain of this. You gotta know we're serious with it. A game suspension, two game suspensions for hitting your wife, that's not enough. It's really not. Because here's the thing, at the end of the day, and I don't want to say statements like, oh, I don't care if you hit your wife, because I do a little, but it's like, dude, it's not gonna affect my daily life, is really what I mean by a statement like that. It's not. Okay? But you shouldn't do it. And if we're gonna suspend guys for all kinds of things, like Fantone said, for smoking weed, you're out for like six, eight games or whatever it is. But you can do this? It's just a little, like, it's a little hypocritical. You're just giving the audience too much leeway to hate on you. The NFL's bad at this. I don't get it. They're so smart in so many other ways. But they're bad with this punishment thing. I think Goodell's just, honestly, a little power hungry. And, like, he wants to make these decisions. Just from the outside looking in. I, you know, I don't know the man. I don't know the inner workings of the NFL. It's tough to, to, to make real complaints against Roger Goodell in the sense of if you're an NFL owner, dude, you've been just cashing checks for the past as long as he's ratings been Ratings up. Right. So revenues like, up. And the whole thing with the ratings, and we talked about this yesterday off the air, you and I did. Um, everyone's like, dude, the ratings are down. The ratings are down. Yeah, but they're down off of record high numbers. The record like, high last year. Right. When you hit record highs, you're going to go down. Like that's. I mean, once you max out. I hope my boss just heard that because we just had you at record highs, and you're going to probably go down a little. So it, that's that's the ebb and flow of audience. That's the ebb and flow of, the way like, it works. of, of entertainment is that there's highs and lows. And if, if you look at the numbers this year compared to the numbers, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, they're still considerably higher than they were. So you can't just be like, well, and there's an election going on that has everybody interested. Everybody is interested in the sideshow that is this presidential election. Everybody's interested in that. People who normally don't take part in that process at all are are all eyes on that circus. I think that probably has something to do with it, too. I don't buy into this. People are, are avoiding the NFL games because of Colin Kaepernick, which, by the way, Again, you know I love doing this. Remember when I told you when they put him in the game, you're going to see exactly why he wasn't starting, and then it's not Chip Kelly's a racist? Remember what I said? Watch when they put him in the game. What will happen to Colin Kaepernick? Yeah. Look what happened. Not any good. Not any good. Can't play the game. Can't do it. It's not down because he was kneeling. I don't buy that. Is there some of it? Sure. Is that the overall reason why ratings are down in the NFL? I don't buy that. But you have got to get your arms around this if you beat your wife thing in punishment. And you got to make it blanket. You don't leave it up to situational. 
If you get charged with it, we find out you're guilty of it, you're gone a year. That's if they make me the commissioner of the league. Now, I have not received that phone call as of yet, but I believe one day that if I work hard and keep doing it, that I'll be able to be the NFL commission. What happened with the Redskins? Apparently, dude, I'm looking at a photo of it, so not apparently. This happened. Okay. A coach whipped out his penis on the sideline and urinated on the sideline. Now, in the early 80s NFL, I bet you could do that. There was oh, two cameras yeah. in the stadium. Oh, right? yeah. Right? There was one at each end zone, and they, they were trying to figure out how to get the whole field on TV. Now, everybody in their seat's a camera. Everybody in their seat's a media center. Dude, there's 7,000 security cameras in these. Did you not think somebody was going to see you take your penis out on the sideline? Yeah, I know he was trying to, like, cover it and make it discreet, but, dude, Idiot. come on. Come on. Idiot. You're not even a player where it's like, okay, well, dude, I got to go. What do you want? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I can't leave the field. It's, even then, I'd be like, no, figure something else. Go out, go in right. your pants. I right. know a lot of NFL players do. But, do you're a coach. Yes, you're a coach, and obviously you've got to kind of lead the way there. Number one, this guy, if 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 justice is just, this guy has to end up on the sex offenders list, right? Essentially, he just flashed. Oh my god! An entire stadium full of people. I mean, just pulling dong out on him. I mean, you got to register at every venue. If I if I if I got arrested taking a leak in downtown Canton, I'm on the list, right? Right? I mean, there's no way that I'm not. It totally am. So, so there's that. And dude, how is which the, you got to think about that first Friday right around the corner. Keep that in mind, people. Keep it in your pants. You know, like, come on. And you got to think, how is the NFL not had this issue before and solved this? How is there not like I don't want to say a porto potty on the sidelines, but how is there not like a little tent or something where the guys can quickly go in, dong out, pig, and then and then they're back out on the field? How have they not thought of that? Uh, come on. You like you said, this was probably happening in the eighties all the time, dude. Yeah. Guys were cheaping cigarettes on the sidelines, drinking beers in the, in the locker room. Come on, tell me, tell me, tell me, Ronnie Lott didn't have to take a leak. I was gonna say, out. Lyle Alzado used to drink it like a twelve pack in the in, yeah. in the locker room all the time. Yeah, come on. So I mean, how have they not, you know, like one of those camping toilets or something like that? It's a good idea. Who sponsors that? I wonder. You know what I mean? And the urine tent brought to you by... What an idiot. Now, again, I haven't heard what the NFL's doing with this guy. I, I'm interested to find that out. Are you going to continue to let that guy be on the field? It's terrible. It's awful. You can't just whip your penis out anywhere you want. No. That's a, a good rule of thumb. Good rule. You're not always going to get smarter listening to this program, but you just did right there. You just got some knowledge. You apply that to your daily life, and things will get easier for you. Also, you know what you do? What's do that? things the opposite way that people in Florida do them. Oh. We have the Florida Files and Bush tickets for you next on the Stansbury Show. 6-9. He delivers. Swung on a dribbler slowly down the third baseline. It's going to be an RBI single. Jose Ramirez may have hit that ball 35 feet. A swinging bunt single down the third baseline, and the Indians have grabbed the lead in game one of the World Series. Ramirez with a chip shot. That was a great play. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 106.9. I want to thank uh, listener of the program, Doug, who just sent a an entire case of golden crisp potato chips to the radio station. I have no idea why. I'm good chips, too, man. I love golden crisp. 
Here's the thing. I didn't know that that was like a masculine thing. Like I had been going to a golf course and been eating them. And I was like, man, these are really good. And somebody at the golf course said to me, you know, that's a masculine thing, right? And I said, no, I didn't know that. And I got to tell you, for a product coming out of that, dude, it's re- they're solid. So somebody just sent us, Doug, I believe his name is, from the distribution company, just sent us an entire case that just says on the top of the box, please deliver to the Sandsbury Show. He just dropped them off at the radio station. Maybe he thought we were both sounding cranky, like our blood sugar was low or something. And Doug's like, dude, I got to get those guys some food before Sansbury loses his effing mind. Well, I don't know who's listening from the Dip Corporation, but <laughs> <laughs> let's make this two-handed street there. Doug, if you're still listening, my man, thank you very much for that. It's much appreciated. Thanks, bro. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll do so at 8 o'clock at a wrap-up of all, all things sports from last night. Look ahead at Game 2 for the World Series this evening. Cavs, I don't believe, play again until Friday. Can we do this without talking about the Browns? Fingers crossed. No Browns talk. No nothing. No, no, no. Code Kessler, all Kevin Hogan. All right, deal. All right, I love it. No Browns. Nice. No Browns at 8. Let's feel good. Okay. All right, no, I like it. That's a good suggestion. I think there's enough positivity going on. No no need to drag it down. So we'll talk to Scott winningfornextyear.com. 8 o'clock. Time now for the Florida Files. Be real patient. We'll pass out those Bush tickets here in just a few minutes. Okay. 1-800-243-7625. The number you need for those. A 28-year-old guy was leaving a strip club in Florida. He was leaving the Dancers Royale. uh, And driving home, he was drunk. This happened at about 2.45 in the morning. And authorities say he left his driver's license behind at the bar. And he's known well at the strip club. Well, dude, once you're once you're known at the strip club, you're known well. Like yeah. there is no middle ground of like, well, yeah, sometimes I come, sometimes I don't. If you're walking in high fiving like you're the starting lineup of an NBA team, yeah, dude, it's time to start looking at your choices. And I know that from experience. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, being norm from Cheers is one thing, but being norm at like at the club, that's a completely different thing. It's always the guy telling you while he's there before the sun goes down. No, the buffet's good. It's good, dude. No, dude, have you tried it? And they actually are normally pretty good. Right, they are right. normally pretty good, but I would wait till the sun goes all the way down there. So a 28-year-old guy, known pretty well at this Florida strip club, was leaving it the other night. Witnesses say you could tell he was hammered, which is, again, then why did we let him? Right. You know? His friends say, oh, yeah, dude, they, we were begging him not to drive, but he got in the truck anyway. And at some point, you're talking about a 28-year-old man, and if he's drunk, probably physical. Right. And there probably is only so much you can do. Well, right. I mean, you as a previous bar owner, I mean, what is the line of like, all right, hey, I'm telling you, no, don't go drive. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do I, do I hit you? Do I take the, the keys out of your hand? What do I do? Okay. As a previous bar owner, I will tell you that I have taken keys off the bar when people weren't looking. But I don't know truthfully, under the letter of the law, what the legality of that is. Right, yeah. I mean, did you just steal something? You know what I mean? Right. right. I don't know what the real legal thing was there, but I felt like morally that was the right thing to do. But they were begging this guy not to go. He decides, you know what? I'm fine. I'm driving anyway. I'm going. I don't care. It's Florida. Who cares? So he falls out of his truck. Jeez. The truck runs him over. Jeez. And then crashes into the front door of a house. Florida, man. (laughs) <laughs> Florida man's man. at it again. At it again. Dude, Fantone always says famously, that Florida man is just on it. He is, dude. He is the worst superhero of all time, Florida man. The truck rolled down the street, hit a ditch, and crashed into a house. A woman was sleeping in the room where the truck came to rest. Her son, Adrian, said it was a miracle that she had survived. They went on to say it felt like a bomb exploding. 
My mom sleeps right there next to the window. She would have been dead if that ditch wasn't there because the ditch like stopped the speed of the truck. Right. The impact knocked her out of the bed. She has a strained neck. One of the security guards came running, and my mom opened the door. They asked her, are you all right? And Barbara Hernandez, 58 years old, out of Miami, was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. She's totally lucky. I hate stories like that where people are just in their homes doing nothing, and then a gu- or then a bullet or a car or whatever the hell comes like flying through their their wall. And right, nothing you can do. Like it's like she wasn't out; she was doing nothing. She's sleeping, and that woman still got hit by a car. I hate stories. Right, like that. You, you can't even be like wrong place, wrong time right. because it's your living room. You're supposed right. to be able to be there at any time doing anything. That's insane, man. Like I, I, I get up on my horse about this a lot, but guys, you gotta stop drinking and driving. You have to. This is going to happen to you sooner or later. And I know some of you feel like, not me, not me, not me. And I know that was me. But the numbers are this. You drive 77 times drunk before you get caught once. That's the numbers. Think about that. So all this time, oh, it never happened to me or I've gotten lucky. No, you, you just haven't been caught yet. Sooner or later, you're going to get caught. Or you're going to die. <laughs> like those, those are pretty much your options on a long enough time scale. Worse is you killing somebody else. And that was like, I've talked about this very frankly and very openly. The moment after I got my DUI, I was like, you know what? I didn't kill anybody, and I'm walking away from this lucky. Learn your lessons. And I've tried very hard to learn those lessons. Bush is playing the Hard Rock Roxino. They're doing so on January the 1st. We'll send you right now. Call her 15 at 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to that. Now, I know all morning and all day we're going to talk to Scott at 8. It's all going to be about how Ohio's awesome. Ohio's awesome. Ohio's the best. So unfortunately, next, I'm going to have to give you some numbers. They're going to walk back some of this Ohio pride. We'll do that next on the Stands Bridge. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. 8.30, we'll send you to see uh, the Factory of Terror. And then at 9.30, Gallagher playing the Canton Palace Theater November the 5th. We'll get you into that. Also, Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com at 8. And again, we've spent a lot of this morning talking about the big sports wins from last night. Cavs opening up the, their season last night, raising the banner, getting the rings, and getting the win. Huge win. And that, not that beating the Knicks is tough, but, I mean, they throttled the Knicks 117-88 to there. And that's big, right? So that's good news for Northeast Ohio and Cleveland, right? Of course. So then you win Game 1 of the World Series. Huge news. For Cleveland and Northeast Ohio. Dude, the Ohio erection is just raging today, dude. It's big. It's bulbous. It's girthy. Dude, the thing is veiny as hell. A little sore at the moment. Yeah, you used it last night. Felt good. Pushing too far against the denim. You know what I mean? Good. A little sore there. Back walls and whatnot. So I got to bring everybody back down a couple of pegs here. Son of a bitch. I have to. Okay? Because there's this Cleveland's making a huge turnaround narrative. Uh Uh-huh. But not really. Okay. And I'm reading this from Scene Magazine. As Cleveland, Ohio has hit 100 homicides for 2016, outpacing Chicago in per capita killings. Now, for those of you that don't understand that, Chicago is always the city you hear. Well, look at Chicago. (laughs) Chirac. Chirac. I mean, they're just killing each other, right? Constantly, that's what you hear. So Chicago, a bigger city than than Cleveland Mm -hmm. by a lot. So per capita, per people living in the city, our homicides are outpacing the most dangerous city in America. Jeez. That is scary. That is. That's scary. A hundred 
is a lot for a city this size. It, uh, that's that's craziness. 100. Just the other day, Cleveland police found a bag of human remains in like a parking lot off of 55th. Two more, body, uh, two more bodies have fallen since, bringing the total, I'm sorry, to a whopping 102. That puts us on exactly on par with 2015, the second bloodiest year in the last decade. What is happening? What's going on? Um, obviously, you know, what do I want to say here? There's, there's, there's going to be, with like we said, with NFL ratings, when you're at all-time lows of crime, there's going to be spikes in it. There's going to be times when, when you go back into the up and down, and, and, and I, 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 I totally believe that. But at the same time... Two years in a row matching the bloodiest record on, on, on rec- the bloodiest years on record? At the same time, there is something happening right now. I, I don't want to say, like, dude, crime's back in a big way, because it's not. If, if you look at the nation as a whole... If you look at national polls and national studies, yes, violent crime down over the last... Last decade, but there are pockets where that's not true. Now, and we seem to be a pocket of that. And that's always going to be true. A vast majority of crime is going to happen in a very small percentage of communities. So I mean, that's been. just that's, that, that is the truth of the matter. So I, And cities have decades like this. Right. Where, where, where they kind of go through. Like New York in the 70s, you couldn't even walk down the street. Right. And we're kind of, Cleveland's kind of having one of those years. One of those back-to-back years there. A hundred homicides. That's a lot, dude. People always say, we're not as bad as Chicago, but we are. Let me see here. Chi-Town's murder count in 2015 was 478, well above cities like New York, Baltimore, and Cleveland. But the sheer numbers, they say, don't tell the whole story. A look at murders per capita in American cities between 2010 and 2015. Based on that assessment, Chicago had seen 16.4 murders per every 100,000 people. That rate is actually lower than 17 other American cities, including Cleveland. Over the same time period, Cleveland numbered at 20 murders per 100,000 residents. Only seven cities. And listen to these. New Orleans, Detroit, St. Louis, and Baltimore, Oakland, Kansas City, and Cincinnati has outpaced the Cleveland rate. We have a higher than places like Atlanta, Philadelphia, Memphis, Washington, D.C., and Miami. Now, here's the thing. I don't know about Memphis. Miami, bigger than Cleveland. Washington, D.C., bigger. Philly, bigger. Atlanta, bigger. Like I said, I don't know where Memphis is. But I know it's like in a radio or TV job, all those cities, Atlanta, Philly, Washington, and Miami, all much bigger markets. Much bigger paychecks come with that. We're outpacing all of those places. I mean, you start throwing in cities from out west, and then you like it stop. You know, big crime isn't you know always going to be restricted to big cities. You have to start thinking about like a prime example where I used to work, Flint, Michigan. I mean, dude, that place was notoriously dangerous. And and you Murder start throwing, town USA for a you while. start throwing Gary, Indiana's, and you start yeah. throwing towns like that into this mix too, which you know considerably smaller, yes, but at the same time, you know what you would expect to be a higher you know per capita violent crime rate, dude. If Cleveland's outpacing outpacing those cities, something something needs to be done, for sure. The National Institute of Justice found that the murder rate across America rose 11% in 2015, jumping more last year than it had in nearly half a century. But they say again that those numbers get skewed because the push behind that jump is actually only coming from a handful of cities. According to the Times, half the national increase has come from just seven places. Baltimore, Chicago, Houston, Milwaukee, Nashville, Washington, and Cleveland. 
So they say here, they end this article by saying as they cross the 100 murder mark, think about it like this. These deaths aren't part of the national increase. We're not passively being caught up in a tide of violence. Instead, Cleveland's rising body count is literally driving the national increase. Yeah, but we're raising banners, so does it really matter? Does anybody really care right now? No, dude, LeBron's out there. I, I don't... I don't feel any different in Cleveland now than I ever have. Like when I go up there, like I went to game one of the ALCS, right? You have thousands of people everywhere, game sold out, people are drunk on the street. And I know the danger that is Northeast Ohio. I know that, I mean, dude, I lived in downtown Cleveland for a long time. Like I, I know the danger that can come with that city for sure I do. But I don't ever feel it. And I don't know if that's that American egotistical won't happen to me thing or if I just haven't experienced it. But I have the same kind of thing with here. Like when I moved here, people were like, oh, my God, Canton's so dangerous. And I don't feel the danger in Canton ever. Um, I agree with you that Canton definitely not as dangerous as people make it out to be. Not the way they make it sound. No, dude, this is coming out of my mouth who about two weeks ago there were gunshots outside of my apartment, like in my, like essentially in my parking lot, a guy got murdered. Um, but I, it's not as dangerous as people make it out to be. There's the, it, everybody wants to say, oh, dude, where we live is so dangerous. It's right. so dangerous. It's so dangerous. Um, it's it, built in bravery, it, they call it, that. It, maybe, maybe with, maybe with going to Cleveland, I mean, when you're going to the ALCS and when you're going to the parade and you're going to these things, and I'm not saying like downtown's a tourist area or anything like that, but I would imagine most of these are happening on the east side in neighborhoods, and you'd probably feel a lot differently walking down one of those streets than you do Ontario. You know what I mean? Yes, truth. Like, I work at the Agora, and for those of you that don't know, that's right around the corner from 55th and, like, Euclid. Like, the Agora's not in a great neighborhood. No, it's really not. It's it, Dude, that's in a bad neighborhood. And when I wasn't driving... When I was standing on the corner waiting for like Uber rides at 4 a.m. with pockets full of money, Oof. I felt the danger there. I did feel some danger there, but 100 homicides. We got to figure something out. Right. And I and like, look, I know everybody's going to start screaming about gun control and this and that. I don't know who's right. But all I know is that a, a 100 homicides in a city that size is way, way too many. Town's not big enough for that. That's just it. Cleveland's a town. It's not even really a city. It's a town. Like, that's crazy. We have got to stop murdering each other in the street. That's just my little take on that. We'll talk to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com next on Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online, WRQK.com. Ladies, I have good news. 9 o'clock, I'll give you a great reason to come off the birth control pill. If you're taking birth control, don't want to, that's fine. Nine o'clock, I'll get you off of it. I'm going to encourage you to keep taking it. Is that right? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, you should probably keep taking that. I'm uh, I'm telling you, there's, 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 I have good news for women. You're going to be able to give up the birth control pill. I'll tell you how at nine o'clock this morning. Waiting on the phone patiently is Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Joining us on Wednesday, normally does this on Monday, we decided we would double dip with you as last night, banner raising ceremony inside the queue. I know you were there for the Cavaliers game. How awesome was that? I thought I was going to be the good news for ladies, but uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, well, I'll be your banner correspondent. No, it was awesome. Um, it, was, it was really cool to see the fanfare, um, see, to see just the way the players reacted, not just when they got their own rings, but as like the assistant coaches and the trainers and the guys that you don't really get to see on television um, who are kind of the, you know, the puppet masters a little bit in practice and make the, make the, you know, make the sausage for lack of a better term, um, get their rings uh, to, you know, the way that they all rally around like, you know, Phil Handy and Damon Jones and those guys 
uh, was was awesome to see. And then just, I mean, the size of those those rings. <laughs> I mean, they look like coasters. Um, <laughs> but it was it was it was it was just, it was a lot of fun to be a part of. Yeah, it felt like a magical moment last night. There was goosebumps, I think, across Northeast Ohio as we uh, as as we watched what was you know essentially uh, the greatest moment in 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 Cleveland sports when when you, when you start hanging that banner and and the guys running the rings across them. It was just an emotional moment. There's no question about that. Um, with the Cavaliers and and with the game last night, what are some observations you have about this new Cavaliers organization and the new the new team that's out there on on, on the court? And 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 really, what I saw last night was a lot of depth. Of depth. What observations did you have? Same thing. Uh, big three are going to be the big three again. Um, you know, LeBron triple double, uh, Kevin Love twenty and ten, and Kyrie leading the way in scoring. I mean, there's going to be a lot of games like that where you don't need 35 from LeBron because he's going to facilitate and he's going to get everybody else involved. Um, you know, it, and the, the, it would be weird because the people are going to look at box scores and think, you know, the bench wasn't exactly what led the way. But the bench does what they do when called upon. Um, you know, they're very efficient. They're very effective. And we don't, you know, Cleveland won't need Mike Dunleavy to drop 25 a game. Like, they won't need J.R. Smith to, you know, to, to do what Kyrie Irving did, that they need them to hit shots, open shots when they're when they're provided, and what you're going to see is these guys are going to have a ton of open shots, and and that's why they brought in guys like Mike and and, and the guy way the reason guys like Richard Jefferson are are still around. So you know, to your point, I mean, especially watching Golden State San Antonio last night, um, you saw what happens when a bench is depleted, and and not that Golden State's going to be in any really dire trouble, but when those big three were off the floor, they really couldn't amount much against the Spurs far superior bench and with the Cavs bet depth the way it is I think that you know that's a giant recipe for success we're talking to Scott from winningcarnation.com my man I'm going to disagree with you a little bit Scott I think honestly Spurs no Tim Duncan anymore and uh, the Warriors go out and get Kevin Durant and you can't match up with San Antonio's bench I think losing by 30 last night is indicative of what we might see happen with the Warriors all season long I bet the under on their win total at 67 and a half I want them to lose as often as humanly possible man I need that I need that money in my pocket yeah, oh no, I think I don't think they'll be I mean, I mean obviously they're not going to have a streak like they had last season right. because they, they didn't lose their first game last year till December. Uh San Antonio's a good team. Uh they Kawhi are. Leonard is, is still getting better. Um, you know, they, they have they have a lot of a lot of weapons there. Um the, the the part that bothered me the most about and I say bothered if I'm a Warriors fan, the body language from guys like Clay Thompson and Draymond Green after they started, you know, getting getting beat. I mean the game was far from over. And they're sitting on that bench like like it's the end of their season already. That's the kind of stuff that would bother me. I have, um, I, I, I I do think we'll get back. I mean, their next game they may win by thirty, and, and everybody's going to say all's right in the world. But uh, you know, San Antonio's a good team, but you definitely don't want to lose at home the way they did. And the, and the body language, especially after a lot of the headlines that have surrounded that team this off season would be the most concerning thing to me. I've said about Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant that these guys are all the perfect examples of like this new millennial attitude when things are going great. Everybody wants to throw up the three signs and everybody wants to, you know, like Cam Newton, everybody wants to dab on people when you're winning, but when you lose, you can't handle it cuz you're a millennial sissy and Clay Thompson totally sums that up for me. He's a great player, but when things aren't going his way, he cries and then talks about this is a man's league. Well, you're finding out. It is a man's league. It's Kawhi Leonard's man's league for you last night, losing by 29. Jesus. All right, moving forward for more good news for us. Game one, World Series in the back. Kluber is just doing what Kluber does. Andrew Miller doing what Andrew Miller does. Are we even beatable, Scott? Oh, for sure. 
Um, you know, if you, I mean, this, this, if they give up the home run, if they could keep the home run down, I mean, the hardest hit ball was a double from Kyle Schwarber last night. Right. Um, if they can, if you know, if that leaves the yard, you know, when it's three and it, it's suddenly three one or three two, um, you know, that's a different situation than than what happened before it became six nothing. Um, but I mean, when they're on, they're on. I mean, Corey Kluber. I know people want to say he was, you know, probably one of the most unrecognizable Cy Young winners, and he may, he may as well be because he's in Cleveland. And I mean, we don't get attendance here. We can't expect the rest of the nation to care. Um, but I mean, the way he was that that cutter was working across the plate last night was was incredible. And you and you you know when other pitchers are marveling at it, opposing and on your own team, that 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 things are working. I mean, the the Fox crew after the game. Three of the best hitters in the history of the game, and Pete Rose, Alex Rodriguez, and Frank Thomas, and all three of those guys were like, "That that pitch is unhittable." I mean, if when it's working the way it is, you just can't do anything about it. And you know, and the fact that you know you might get some rain tonight, um, and and then he says he'll be ready for Game Four regardless. I think that bodes very, very well for Cleveland. Um, as long as the bats keep going, um, these these guys are really, really tough to beat. You know, the hard part is you never know when you're going to get one of those three or four hit nights. And uh, you just have to hope you minimize it. And if it does come in one game and not across a couple, I think they're in very good position. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you talked about Corey Kluber and being ready for Game Four because last night when Terry Francona decided to take Kluber out when he was still uh, literally on fire, the dude was flaming. Yeah. Just, just the, the Kluber was nuts. Um, a lot of people, I think, question that. And, and and don't get me wrong, having Andrew Miller ready to put in is always going to be a great thing. Um, uh, with that being said, though, uh, Andrew Miller, when is he going to be ready to pitch again? Is it realistic to think that? that he could be used, I mean, you know, three, four, five times in this World Series? He won't be ready tonight. You know, 40-plus pitches, um, I think, would be would be a tough tough rebound. I can't imagine he'll be available. Um, but Terry said that last night, you want to win the game. Um, you never know if you're going to get rain delay. You never know what's going to happen. They could lose tonight. They could win by a margin where you don't need him. Or there could be weather issues where, you know, they're already pushing the game up an hour because of, you know, because of because of the rain. So they, I, I think Terry is very much an in the moment guy, and you can't blame him. I think I think it's more important to have Kluber ready for Game Four than it would be to have Andrew Miller ready for Game Two. And uh, you know, especially with the way that you know he pitched, you could still have Cody Allen tonight. You still have Dan Otero. Um, you know, you still have options if you need to stretch the game out a little bit. So you know, hopefully Trevor Bauer finger stays attached and you don't have to worry about the pen too much. But you know, if it does happen. You know, I, I do have faith that Tito can piece it together. Is Bauer ready to go? Is the finger good? He says so. He's listed as a starter tonight. Um, if he wasn't, I would have expected Josh Tomlin to be listed as a Game 2 starter, so they must feel pretty confident in his ability to have all ten fingers on the mouth. How many games do you think this series goes, Scott? I, I, I thought a betting man six. Um, you know, I hope not seven. But if it's seven, I like the, the, the Indians having home field advantage there. Yeah, I, I, I do like having home field advantage if it goes seven. I don't think it's going to go seven. I'm predicting Indians in five, but that might be optimistic. You know, I think it'll be it'll be interesting because, you know, they do it's the it, I'm pretty sure it's a two three two. Yeah, um and that's right. I, I would I would be very surprised if, you know, I guess we could we could talk about it again after today's game, but um, you know, if they say they go back two oh I, I can't see Chicago losing two at home. That's the only thing that gets me. I mean, they're very, very good. I don't want to live too much in the moment. Um, once those bats start going, if if you know Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo aren't popping up to the catcher, um, I think I think the game is much different last night. And you have to assume those bats get moving. But the cold weather, you know, helps scrappy teams like Cleveland and and hurts the the power hitting teams like Chicago, especially when that wind starts blowing. You saw it last night. Yeah, and it's not going to get any warmer. 
So, you know, you have to you have to like Cleveland's chances right now. As we kind of talk about weather and Chief Meteorologist Jeff Tanchek maybe would be the guy to talk to instead of Scott from waiting for next year. But what happens if a World Series game is rained out tonight? Does everything get moved back a day or do they just find a place to put that game? Or because I mean it's not like they're they're gonna take everything to Chicago, right? I mean right, right. Yeah, well tickets are you know, I, I would assume if they get so they, I, I don't know how it would work. Um I know they're gonna try and squeeze it as much as possible. But tomorrow is a travel day. So if they have to cancel today and use tomorrow, travel right after the game and play three, four, five as scheduled, I think that would be the plan. Um, I'm not positive how that works, but that would be my best guess, given that the tickets are already sold for these games. And, uh, you know, you don't want to mess it up too, too much. Right. The good news is neither of these teams have any other games to play. So if you just got to wait and, wait and squeeze out, that's what you do. I mean, I don't know anybody who bought World Series tickets because of what day it was on. Um, you know, Fair. I know you might have to. It's yeah. a clear work. You have to clear work, but um, it's it's going to be. They're not. I can't imagine they're going to play in a monsoon, but I do know even if it's a light, cold rain, that they'll 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 do their best to squeeze it in. There's Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. My man, thank you so much for uh, being flexible on your schedule and joining us this morning. We appreciate it. For sure. Talk to you Monday. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk to you Monday at 8 a.m. after uh, some more Tri Baseball. And uh, yeah, Cavs back in action Friday night. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Feeling confident. Scott felt and sounded really confident in the tribe's abilities and what they were going to do. And uh, dude, feeling good, man. I like it. Dude, I I called it months ago. Indians win the World Series. I've been saying it for a while now. We'll get you hooked up with Factory of Terror tickets. We'll do so next on Rock 106. On Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have Factory of Terror tickets under 10 minutes from right now. You'll have them. I want to thank Scott again from WaitingForNextYear.com for joining us this morning. He normally does so Mondays at 8 a.m., but because game one last night and the Cavs got the rings last night, we asked him if he'd be willing to uh, flex his schedule, and he was. And if you're into sports and you want to stay up to date on what's going on, WaitingForNextYear.com is a fantastic website to get all things Northeast Ohio sport. Yeah, no better way to get like actual insight and different views on things and they've they're all quality writers Just all a good staff of writers you don't have to worry about the espn uh, oh cleveland sucks dude no the indians are not gonna win no the Cavs are not gonna win go golden state you know what i mean like right. you don't have to worry about that it's it, it, best best sports writer and they'll still keep it real like if they don't think cleveland's gonna win they don't just straight homerism it for you either though like they'll show you the other side waiting for next year.com very good website you should, uh, should check that out a guy in Missouri, Fantone, is in trouble for something that I didn't know you could be in trouble for. But okay. he was a wedding photographer, and a federal grand jury has indicted him, and he's facing federal charges for running a fraud scheme where he just tricked women into having sex with him. I didn't know you could be in trouble for that. Um, you're going to have to go deeper into what tricking women into sex means, but there's definitely like in in the in the thought of you know how in 1980s movies you know one guy will have a chick in the room and then they'll do the swap and then the other guy will come out of the closet and he's getting his buddy laid. That's rape. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, yes. That's okay. Uh, yes. Right. So the, so there's the thought of like oh you're tricking people into sex. A lot of times that oh you're tricking people into sex means you're raping people. This guy, what he was doing was telling women that he was a porn producer. And was having sex with them and then not paying them. Now, that's uh, fraud. That's okay. fraud there. Because, like, really, you could be a porn producer, right? I mean, amateur porn's a, a very real thing. Absolutely. Right? Yes. He's accused of victimizing at least six women. The records say uh, he would send pornographic images of the women to their bosses and or boyfriends if the oh. woman asked why they were not paid. He faces 21 counts in, uh, on uh, a federal indictment. He's going to do some time for this. Um, you're going to do a lot of time for this. I, I, what do I yeah. say all the time? Dude, if you get... 
paid or you are getting over on people through vice and you're not all the way 100% buttoned up on that and legally buttoned up, they are going to throw the book at you. People hate when you get over on vice. They hate it. And investigators searched his computer. Listen to this. It gets worse. Some of the Google searches that were on this man's computer, rape by deception, which, again, I don't even understand somebody being interested in that. Sounds awful. Along with rape by, de- by deception in Kansas, and is it illegal to trick girls into sleeping with you? And again, no, I don't think it's illegal to trick a girl into sleeping with you, but if you tell her she's going to be paid for sexual activity and that you're a porn producer and then you don't pay her, that's a problem. There's there's a lot of different things going on here. Let's let's look at let's look at the concept of hey, I'm a porn producer. What at what point does prostitution become a thing? Is it because you have a camera? If 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 you if I'm uploading, if I'm paying you to have sex with me and I upload a a a video onto you porn, am I all of a sudden a porn producer and I'm you're a porn star? Is that yes? Is that legal prostitution? Right? right? How's it not? What's going to make my scenario that I'm about to tell you different is that the girl's still going to get paid, right? But right. If, but let's say a girl shows up at Vivid Video's front door, right? Okay. That's like the world's most popular porn okay. production company. I'd argue Brazzers, but okay, Vivid's good too. <laughs> okay, let's say let's say a girl shows up at Vivid Video and says, oh my God, I'm from Ohio and Ohio blows, and so do I, so I kind of want to be in, in, in movies, okay. right? Okay. What's up, Elsa Jean? <laughs> okay. There you go. Okay. Let's say that, that they... Film it, they have sex with her, they do the whole thing, and then they just decide looking at it, you know what, she's not hot enough. Not you know what, enough, this yeah. was, this scene was kind of dead, like there's no chemistry here. Okay. And they just leave it on the shelf. That is essentially the same thing that this guy did, except for the fact that Vivid is going to pay you for your time. Had this guy just paid him and never released the videos, there's no, I don't think that, I, I may be speaking out of turn here, but I can't imagine that there's a law that says if you film a girl having sex, you have to show it to the world, right? I can't imagine that would be the case, so why not just pay them? Obviously, legal minds have figured this out, because there's plenty of porn production companies and things like that, but it, it just feels so much like prostitution, that how is that not considered prostitution? Just because I have a camera going? Uh, maybe it's if you when you're a production company and you just, when you're an LLC or something like that. I don't I've know. always been kind of curious about that with porn because you're paying people to have sex and that's where prostitution comes into problem. But it's a performance, right? Maybe you're paying two people to have sex. You're not. You're not having sex as the producer of that film. But a lot of times they are. You're do, not. I mean, do you look at those POV guys. Yeah, a lot of those guys are their own boss. But how much of that is? I, I mean, I guess if I get a paycheck, does that make it not prostitution? I don't know, dude. It's that's, tricky, that's right? It's a very gray area. It's right tricky because, dude, here's the thing. Here's what I don't want the time honored <laughs> tradition of telling a woman that, of somebody that you, that you're not. To get her into bed? I mean, dude, I don't think we should take that away from dudes. I mean, lying to chicks, is that tricking them into sex? Yes, that's why I wanted to talk about this, is that uh, that's obviously tricky. Dude, I have definitely lied to women to have sex with them, right? Now, what I won't do is, and I hate when guys do this, and I've said this since I was in my teens, uh, honestly, because I think there's just some things you don't do. You don't tell a chick you love her unless you love her, right? If you tell a girl that you love her to get her in bed, I kind of look I look at you like you're less than. That's just me, my personal thing. Do, do whatever you want. Every guy's got to get in it. it into sex the way he needs to get into it. I other mean, than rape, uh, you can you can you can say that that's not your thing. But at the end of the day, it's no different than saying like, "Yeah, I'm rich." You know what I mean? Like, like when we went to Mardi Gras, 
We, uh, me and my buddy were telling girls that we were college baseball players. Okay. And we were down, and it worked. It totally worked. Because let's be honest, there are a huge portion of women out there that are star efforts and just want to pretend like they were with, you know, for a night, somebody that was something. You know what I mean? And that totally worked. Now, am I a criminal for doing that? Now, I would hope that, you know what I mean, the, uh, the statute of limitations would, uh, would have run out because I was like, I, was, I think I was 21 when that happened. But, I mean, is that the, that's not the same thing as this. I mean, my thing is, at that point, if you're a girl in a bar and you believe a guy and you sleep with him in that, there's a little bit of, I don't think me, dude, you being stupid isn't me being a criminal. Right. Right? Right. right. I mean, yeah, I'm a doctor. Yeah, I'm rich. Yeah, I'm a successful radio personality. All those things. None of them are true when we start right. talking to females. Um and I guess, does it count if she's wearing Spanx? Is she like tricking me into sex because I'm like, oh, dude, she's hot as hell. Oh, wait, no, no, she's False not. advertisement with women's clothing all the time, right? Uh, I don't know. Are you this tricking is... me into thinking that you're somebody you're not? It, it gets, now, see, he told women he was a porn producer, did not pay them. That's where the criminal activity comes to in my mind. But if you tell a girl, like, let's say, okay, so I, I guess I want to figure this out. If I place an ad right now, can't rep for tomorrow. Right. Porn producer, downtown Canton, looking for girls to star in porn. A girl shows up at my door. I give her the 500 bucks, sleep with her all day, don't even have film in the cameras, and she walks out and I never post it. Am I in bounds? Dude, this is a stinky onion we opened up, dude. I don't know. A lot of layers here. I, there, are, there are, dude. Like, yeah. There are a lot of different things here where it's like a, a lot of gray areas. Because I got to tell you, it's starting to sound pretty smart. It's starting to pronounce it's until you go to jail. But if you pay her, I'm not sure there's anything wrong with that. Except that's prostitution at that point. I don't know. I, I, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Because in my mind, no, because it's obviously prostitution. You're paying somebody to have sex with them, but we threw a camera in there and we're going to put it on you porn. So now it's not. I don't know. It's performance based at that know. point. I don't know. I, I don't. Now, look, he didn't pay him, and that's why he's going to jail, and he should. Okay. But I think we got to be careful of, well, he tricked them into having sex. So he's a criminal. I think you got to be you got to be really careful with that. Everybody, dude, everybody on a first date is lying. That's all you do. I'm going on a date tonight. I guarantee you at least four lies come out of my mouth tonight. At least. Yes, I find you interesting. That will be a lie. You know what I mean? There will be things like that. Like uh, that this is how we end up getting our clothes off with one another is by telling little lies and coming over them. Now, if you tell a girl you're a porn producer, she has sex with you, you got to pay her. You got to pay your employees. Not allowed to just, you know, have people work for free and not get paid anything. Not allowed to do that. So he's guilty on that. But I think that's a slippery slope, man. I think this is one of those conversations we're going to have multiple times on this program. And we're going to try to get to the bottom of this because I think there's a lot going on here. And it's very interesting. Factory of, ter- uh, Factory of Terror tickets up for grabs right now. Call our 10 at 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to that. And big, huge news for the nerd universe. We now know who's going to play Lando Calrissian in the Han Solo movie. I'll fill you in next on The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. At this point, if you're not from here, live here, play here, dedicate yourself to Cleveland, then uh, it makes no sense for you to live at this point. Cleveland against the world. Yeah. Just go home and drink Drano if you're not a Cavalier. <laughs> Just do your life sucks. It's over. You hear it? Just do, dude, if you don't drown yourself in your bathtub, I don't know what the hell's the matter with you. Yeah, you got no reason to live. I got to tell you, that was that was very strange out of LeBron James there. Normally a very calculated public speaker. Now, I'm sure emotion and those kind of things just, you know, took the better of him there, but just interesting. 
LeBron James going genocide. Screw it. If you're not with us, you're against us. And you should die. The nerd universe is blowing up right now. Oh, boy. Just nerdgasms everywhere, huh? Everywhere. All right. Sticky all over the place. Jeez. According to Variety, we know now who will play Lando Calrissian. In the Han Solo standalone movie that's coming. Now, for those of you that don't know, Disney bought the rights to all the Star Wars movies, paid like $4 billion. They're looking to get that money back, so every year we're getting a Star Wars movie. Like, the next one, actually, Rogue One comes out in December. It only costs $4 billion, and I know $4 billion wow. listen, I was gonna say, is only- a ton of money. But, dude, look at, look at, look at like, these, uh, you know, apps that get bought and these, you know, uh, online marketing retail spots that get bought. UFC and, like, just sold for $4 billion. Right. I, I'd figure Star Wars would be worth 10 times UFC. Right? I mean, when it comes to printing money, you, you've got amusement parks, you've got cartoons, you've got merchandise, you've got movies, you've got all that. I don't think all the merchandising rights went to them, though. I think, actually, Lucas held on to a lot of the toy rights. So I don't know. I I, I would have thought more than $4 billion, though. Uh, okay, Lucas holds on to the, to, to the toy rights, but that's a drop in the Star Wars bucket. There's uh, just, I don't but, think so. But I mean, just think about like how many different avenues there are. When you start when you start factoring movies and, 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 and TV shows and theme parks and all those things, those are all huge. I mean, there's Star Wars bottled water now. You know what I mean? Like They've slapped that logo on everything now. But taking over the Lando Calrissian role, and I love this choice. I think it's a great choice, and I'm hearing people online bitch about it, and I don't get it. Well, they're online. Come on, they got to bitch about something. Well, fair point. <laughs> come on. Well, come on. Uh, dude, I have Twitter, and I'm supposed to be mad. Yeah, that, that's what, dude. It says as soon as you sign up for it, it just says you. Welcome to Twitter. You're now pissed. But Donald Glover is going to take over the role for as uh, Lando Calrissian there, and I think it's a great choice. I think it's a fantastic choice. For those of you that don't know Donald Glover, he's on that he's the creator of that new FX show, Atlanta. That I believe ran last night. Yeah, it was on last night. It's on Tuesday nights, 10 o'clock for FX. It's pretty good. Known the rap community uh, as childish Gambino there. Donald Glover is. But he has a very they, they have a side-to-side picture of him right here next to Billy D. Williams in his Lando outfit, and they look a little similar. I would have to assume Colt 45 will be giving Donald Glover a call probably today, I right? I, I mean, wonder. dude, come on. If you're Colt 45, you better take advantage of that. I would. Yeah, I would for sure. This movie will be set prior to the original Star Wars movie A New Hope, like the other upcoming Star Wars standalones. Rogue One, like I said, out in December. And... Phil Lord and Chris Miller, uh, people behind the movie, said, we're so lucky to have an artist as talented as Donald join us. These are big shoes to fill and an even bigger cape. And this one fits him perfectly, which will save us money on alterations. Okay. Uh, Also, we'd like to publicly apologize to Donald for ruining Comic-Con for him forever. And that's probably going to be true. Donald Glover, a little bit of a nerd and a little bit of a Star Wars fan from what I've been told. And he's a little geeky. I think this is a great choice. I think this is going to usher in all we've been waiting for, Star Wars fans, since the beginning of all of this, is the Han Solo backstory. Like, that's what you want. Everybody that's, well, maybe not everybody. Most people in the Star Wars universe are obsessed with Han Solo, and then on the other side of that, Boba Fett. Like, ironically, Luke Skywalker is supposed to be the franchise. Nobody could care less about that. Nobody cares about that guy. Han Solo is the cool one. 
growing up, you didn't want to be Luke. You wanted to be Han Solo. And so I'm pumped about the fact that I'm getting a Han Solo movie. Well, of course you wanted to be Han Solo because Luke Skywalker's a little bitch, dude. He is. He's sitting there learning the mastery of the Jedi mind tricks in like 20 minutes. And he's like, Yoda, it's taking too long, bro. I can't do this anymore. I got to go. I got to get out of here. I've been here for a half an hour, dude. You're trying to teach me how to, how to move things with my mind and take over the pop, you know, the planet with the forest. I can't. Dude, half hour is the most I've got for that. Testing, testing for the role for Calrissian. Had been happening for like months now. O'Shea Jackson, who was Ice Cube's son, who was in uh, Straight Out of Compton, right? He was being considered. Jason Mitchell, who I'm not sure who Jason Mitchell is, and the Get Downs Yaha Abdul Mateen, which I don't know if you've seen the Get Down on Netflix. It's terrible. It's like, honestly that is a horrible watch. But I think you needed. I think Donald Glover's the right guy. I think you're going to bring in an audience of his that might have not been all that excited for a Han Solo movie. Not that you, I mean, dude, these movies are going to sell a million tickets no matter what. But expanding the brand always going to be good. We know he's got the acting chops because he's been in enough stuff now. He was on Parks and Rec, right? Or Community. Was Community. It? Yeah, he was yeah. on Community. It does it has a ton of really funny stand-up specials too? I mean, really is one of the. Uh, what do I want to say? Most talented guys in Hollywood right now, just based on the diversity of what he does. I mean, rapper, actor, comedian, good writer. You know what I mean? There's there's plenty to be, or plenty plenty on his resume to to put him in this role. I like the writing aspect too, because if he's filming this movie and along the lines, if he's a fan of the series and a fan of the characters, and he's a talented writer, if there's something in that script and he's like, well, wait, wouldn't this be better? And then who knows? You might get a better script out of it. Um, I'm gonna say the same thing. I'm gonna. I I said about all these new Star Wars movies and, and their thoughts of, well, dude, we got to pump one out every year. I don't know if the Han Solo movie is going to be it, but one of these is going to water it down. One of these is going to diminish the brand. I agree. And it's, it, 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 the, the, the rules of life just will apply here, and that will happen at some point. I'm hoping and I'm hopeful that it will not be the Han Solo movie because that's the one I want the most. I could care less about Rogue One. I, am I going to go see it in December? For sure I am, but I don't really care. Right, the Han Solo is where I'm like, dude, give me this movie. It um, it's inevitable, like you said, and I definitely feel like when you're trying to maximize your brand, when you're trying to expand as much as possible, that's when stuff really does fall apart. Like, stick to what you guys do, and I mean, it'll take Star Wars fans a while to admit it, but it's going to happen. Oh yeah, if the crappy movie is going to come out, they're going to be like, no, dude, it's still good. You're, dude, you, you're stupid. You don't like Star Wars enough. But it's going to happen, and fingers crossed, I hope you're right there, that it doesn't happen with this movie. As a passive Star Wars Oh, fan. buddy, listen to this. Yeah. The Han Solo prequel movie with Donald Glover's Lando Calrissian. Guess when it's hitting theaters? When is that? May 25th, 2018, on my birthday, the way the original Star Wars did. Yeah, me and Star Wars came out same day. How old are you? Legends. Damn right, I was actually a year old. Star Wars got released on my birthday, 1977, but still, released on the same day. That's how important Star Wars and I are to your life. Packaged at the same time. 2018, I gotta wait, though, man. A whole other year. I love these movies, dude. I cannot wait for a Han Solo movie. That's awesome. I'm so happy they're doing that. There's rumors that they're doing a whole entire Boba Fett movie, too. 
Yeah. Let's do a whole Chewbacca movie. We no. We should do a whole Princess Leia movie. No. We should do a whole Jabba the Hutt movie. Dude, you know what we should do? We should do a whole Ewoks movie. You know what we should do? We should they do did a-, a whole Ewoks movie. Uh, I'm just saying, they, dude, and you keep doing this, you keep doing this, eventually it's going to it's gonna bite him in the ass. Never actually called Ewoks in the movie, by the way. Little fun facts from the Lucas universe there. I'm such a nerd. I am Lucky go- dead people are the worst. Pro wrestling, you're a bunch of homos. But give me kissing Star Wars. Okay. I know. Okay. I said the other day I was being hypocritical about The Walking Dead. I said as soon as Game of Thrones comes back, I'm going to be totally annoying. But those Walking Dead queers, they're still on it. And it's, it is. It's annoying. It's almost maybe going to ch- make me change my Game of Thrones behavior. Maybe what I'll do is I'll just be like, you know what? I'm watching. I'm not telling any of you about it. How about that? Watch it for your damn self. Ladies, I have good news. You can now go to the bathroom. Open up your medicine cabinet, take your birth control pills, throw them in the toilet, and press flush. It's over. Uh, I don't feel comfortable telling them that. Women, you no longer need the birth control pill. I'll give you the reason why next on the Stansberry Show. This is Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Miller's ready. The payoff pitch. Swing and a miss. Did he go around? Yes, he did. Got him on a slider. How about Andrew Miller? Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 1069. If you guys haven't heard, Game 2 of the World Series actually moved up an hour. They're worried about some weather tonight in downtown Cleveland. So 708 first pitch instead of 808 there. Moved it up an hour. I'm reading now from my iPhone. Not like this is going to be 100% accurate, but 9 o'clock 40%, or I'm sorry, 8 o'clock 40%, 9 o'clock 50% chance of rain, according to my iPhone. So. We'll see how that goes. Fingers crossed that they're able to get the entire thing in tonight. I don't know what the rules are with World Series. I think it's if you play five whole innings during the regular season, that becomes an official game or something like that. I don't know what the rules are. In postseason? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, fingers crossed they get it done because you don't want to throw a uh, monkey wrench into those works. A giant headache for everybody involved. Um, You you said uh, Indians, you know, playing tonight, obviously very exciting time for Tribe fans, uh, but I saw a lot of Indians fans bitching last night. Like, dude, these announcers, they suck. I wish we could listen to Tom Hamilton. Well, if you head over to WRQK.com, you can check Tom Hamilton's best calls from last night, and there's plenty of them. Uh, just hit the website, dude. I don't get the hatred of Joe Buck. I don't get it. I watched that game last night. I thought Joe did a great job calling that game last night. I just think it's very, he's just very bland. He doesn't paint the picture. I, dude, I, as I was watching that game last night, I'm like, yeah. On TV, I want the guy to stay out of the way. Let the game be the game. And that's his theory. See, now I've seen Joe Buck in interviews where he kind of talks about that, so maybe that's why I'm okay with it. But on TV, I want the guy to stay out of the way. I I don't need you to paint the picture. On radio, yes, you need Hamilton to be all in like that because you can't see it. But when I can watch the game, just stay out of the way of it. And then shouldn't there be like, well, then why even have two guys in there? Well, I mean, because you kind of need it. Like There is going to be a law, especially in baseball. You could maybe only do one guy in football because there's enough action. Baseball, there's a lot of downtime. There's a lot of this. So I kind of need him for moments like that. But as far as like setting the stage and all that, I kind of like the way Buck does it, which is just here's the game. I'll stay out of the way. I'm not going. His whole thing is to accent, not ruin. And I, I personally really like Joe Buck. And now, look, it's just a personal opinion thing, and people are not allowed to like it. But I don't understand the hatred for him the way, you know, some other broadcasters get the hate. I just, 
I just don't understand it. Uh, one more time, I want to thank Doug, who dropped off an entire case of Golden Crisp potato chips to us this morning. I I don't know why he did it, but I mean, we're, you don't question the good things in life. You just take them, but uh, thank you very much, Doug. We appreciate that. Chip party up in here, dude. I have been uh, promoing this all morning, and I believe women are going to get very excited about what they're going to hear right now. And that is, ladies, you are very soon going to be able to give up the birth control pill. Done. See you later. Researchers in the UK have developed a compound that will temporarily deactivate protein that puts, for lack of a better term here, wiggle into the sperm's tail. This is a major breakthrough in a male version of the birth control pill. So it's essentially cutting off the swimmer's ability to swim. They're not able to swim, therefore will not be able to fertilize a woman's egg, causing pregnancy. Nah, dude, that makes me nervous that one of them are going to slide their way into it, dude. You know what I mean? I uh, uh, we have that with um we have that with the procedures that you can get done with, with a vasectomy. We see that happen all the time. Or a vasectomy didn't totally take and ones get through. That's not a good enough reason not to do this. In my in my opinion, that's not a good enough reason not to do this. Birth control pills aren't one hundred percent effective. Condoms aren't one hundred percent effective. When you're talking about stuff like this, you can't shoot for a hundred because you're never going to get there. They say here the results are startling. And in almost an instant, when you take healthy sperm and add the compound, within a few minutes, they basically cannot move. He goes on to tell Yahoo Beauty that he and his colleagues were very surprised at the many stages of their research. Sperm are very difficult targets for conventional drugs, they say. So we were delighted to discover that the cell-penetrating peptides, the CPPs, can target different compartments within sperm. He says he was also surprised that they were able to manipulate sperm physiology using bioactive CPPs, molecules that they call bioportides, which they use to influence sperm motility or the ability to move. I bet women are going to be very excited about this. I've, I've known every woman I've ever known in a relationship has been like, you know, I wish this was just your problem. I wish this was your headache. Yeah, fine, we got tested for STDs, but now we don't want babies, and I have to be the one that stays on top of this. I, Dude, there's going to be a ton of women who want to get this responsibility off their plate. Are they going to trust their man to be the one to take care of it? Well, that's where it's going to get tricky, because if you're in a relationship, I think you could. But if but if you're going to be a woman and you're going to have casual sex, you can't just rely. First of all, nobody can just rely on the stoppage of pregnancy because you got to worry about STDs. Right. And even 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 if you're going to say, well, F it, I don't care about STDs. I just don't want to get you pregnant. I'm not going to take some chick's word that she's on birth control, just like I wouldn't expect her to take my word that I'm on male birth control. You know what I mean? Like it, this would have to be a relationship thing uh, i i could see the difference what the naysayers are going to say is that a man's not going to try to trap you with a baby um but might be irresponsible you know what i'm saying if this is like birth control where you have to take it on a regular like regimented basis uh, I don't I know. Met, well no because the, what they're saying here is that that it works very different for us than it does for women because it temporarily makes them immobile I, uh, I I I just I think there should be a healthy amount of skepticism on both parties there, both male and female. Yeah, not but people like you, would, yeah, but people like you would have been saying this about the first birth control pill. Well, I mean, in, and as, if we would have taken that attitude, we wouldn't have all the great products we have for birth control in, in, in this world today. Right, and 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 you still, I mean, should have a level of skepticism when it comes to, like I said, if you're like, oh no, don't worry, I'm on birth control. You can. Well, I would trust my girlfriend with the birth control pill. I'm not going to trust a girl I meet in a bar, but in a relationship.
relationship, I would trust my girlfriend. Um, I Otherwise, you're not going to be my girlfriend. Like I said, I just feel like, you know, if you can't trust your husband or your boyfriend to put his socks in the hamper, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be like, well, dude, he's got this. He'll make sure this is taken yeah, care of. I hear what you're saying, but I think a little bit of that is is relying on the old adage that men are just kind of stupid and that men are just, you know, we don't have responsibility and we need the woman to take care of all of us, you know, because of how sexist this society is that women are intelligent and men are dumb. Man can't find the hamper. You know how sexist the world is. So I think we're, we're playing into that, that whole thing. When it came down to something this serious, I would absolutely be on this. 100%. Oh, so would I. I mean, there's no question. And honestly, it's probably better to both take responsibility of it. That's probably where like the best answer lies is, well, you take your birth control, I'll take my birth control, and we're going to make sure that we don't have a kid. It's going to be interesting to see if Republican men now have, have a have a different feeling if the birth control now becomes the men's responsibility about whether or not that should be covered underneath your insurance. Going to be very interesting to watch men across the country backpedal on that take. Oh, wait, now it's our responsibility? Well, I don't want to pay for it. I want to cover it underneath my insurance. The hypocrites will be, dude, that machine is going to get up and twirl. And I, dude, I can already hear the tweets coming at me right now. At Stan's ratio is how you do that. I think this is a good move. I think it's honestly, it's by couple to couple basis there. I think you need to decide who you are, what relationship you're in, and figure out which one of you is better for this. One of you is better at making dinner. One of you is better at doing something else around the house. One of you is going to be better at this than the other one. And you got to evaluate as a couple the way you do of every other major decision in your life. Figure out who's who. But I I would imagine women all over the country are going to celebrate when they find out we are close to this now being able to be taken off of their plate and put in our responsibility hamper. I think women are going to absolutely love that. We've all seen, now I grew up with many photos of this in my house, paintings of this in my house, the Last Supper, right? Everybody knows that photo, that painting. Somebody's redone it and made it better. I'll tell you how that happened next on the Stansbury Show. Swung on and blasted. Deep left field. Away back. Gone. Wow, what a game for Perez. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Game two of the World Series tonight. They moved up uh, the start time to 7.08. They're worried about some weather there. Like I've been telling you, according to my iPhone, you got a 40% chance of rain at 8 and a 50% chance at 9. So it looks like you're going to get some rain up there. They're worried about that starting the game a little earlier, which benefits me for sure. I tried to stay out. I tried to stay up all night last night for that whole game last night. I couldn't make it. I was in bed watching it, and next thing I knew, just blinked one too many times right, and it was over. We have Gallagher tickets, 945. We'll give you those. I grew up in a pretty religious household. My father was a minister, a lot of religion in my house. So paintings of the Last Supper, I'm no stranger to. Seen them a million times. Right. And now Brazil is under attack. Here's what happened, Phantom. For those of you that don't know, Brazil kind of known for their cocaine. But also known for women with round butts. Like the big butt thing, big in Brazil. Yeah, Brazil was all about the ass well before uh, the rest of us were. Where, I mean, listen, butts are, have always been in vogue. But at the same time, I mean, dude, Brazil is, is the butt capital of the world. It's so amazing. 
It's so. I mean, I've never been, but like when you when you see like women from Brazil, like when like Maxim like puts out like their hot, they're always beautiful. Those women, always. That's why the HIV rate is so high there. It's because everybody's good looking. Everybody's just trying to bang it out. But apparently in Brazil they do the annual, and I feel like I should be a judge for this. They do the annual Miss Bum Bum contest. It is one of the country's most competitive swimsuit competitions. Obviously, no shortage of ample-bottomed women there. And they're pining for the nation's best-ass title. God, dude, I mean, just think about living in Brazil. Just doing cocaine and just big old butts everywhere you look. That's, dude, that's, that's what your life is if you live in Brazil. 2008 is what I call that. <laughs> Brazilian's <laughs> annual Miss Bum Bum. Like I said, a very competitive uh, competition for swimsuits there. And now the organizing committee taking some heat from, uh, from the, the Catholic community inside uh, Brazil there. Because they have recreated the Leonardo da Vinci's iconic The Last Supper. But instead of Jesus with the disciples and all that, it's with the eight bootyful finalists rather than Jesus there. The bootyful finalists. The bootyful. <laughs> the pageant's creator... Mr. Oliver told the Daily Mail that the biblical scenario captures the tense atmosphere of the competition. (laughs) He says, this was the last meeting of the women before the grand final. It reminded me of the Last Supper. You may remember that's where Jesus was betrayed by Judas because of jealousy. And like it or not, the woman with the most votes is also the target of jealousy. Very Christ-like. Okay. Can't argue with that. I mean, a beautiful ass can make you believe in Jesus. I'll say that. The Miss Bum Bum hopeful, who won the most popular votes by phone, is seated at the center where Jesus was sat, while her backside challengers look on in envy. Now, here's the thing where I will criticize. I have said multiple times, and I maintain. I Now, look, I don't think they should stop making it. It's just not something I find to be attractive. I don't like when religion comes into porn. Like, when, when there's, like, when there's nuns having sex and stuff, like, I just, for me, that's distasteful, all right? Now, look. Everybody's grown up. You find where your line is. If that's what you find hot, fine. I don't care. I'm into a bunch of weird stuff. It's just for me, I just find it to be a little distasteful when we're bringing God into gangbangs. I just, I, I don't get it. Okay. But what I will tell you is that my big problem with this photo, looking at it, it's not the fact that they just like are being distasteful to this, you know, Leonardo da Vinci creation of Jesus, which by the way, you know what I mean? Which is, which is strange. It's the fact that she's the one that wins this title of the best ass and she's seated like four yeah like five of these other women at the at this table like their asses are on the table so you can see them the woman who won she's seated so it's like here's the winner and yet this whole contest is about her ass and you can't see it yeah, yeah, yeah kind of, kind of a little ass backwards there, if you ask me. Oh, you, I like you, it. You oh, I like where you went. You would definitely want to highlight the the tan Brazilian coconut booty if if she's the winner, if she's who's gotten the most votes. Um, maybe this is like maybe this is like Ghostbusters, and they're like, hey, we want to reinvent the Last Supper. And all female version, all female cast, and I, oh, going social, reboot the social justice warriors. You know, they're I out there, and they're like, no, we need Brazilian butts as a part of the story of Christ. 
Which brings me to an interesting point of you know how people always get so pissed off about oh dude what do you you gotta you, you're getting you, you gotta you gotta put a black guy in an Iron Man suit or you gotta do this you gotta do that well isn't Jesus like the original recasting like oh we'll make it a white guy make it I a was gonna say, easier. I was gonna say yeah we already recast right. Jesus right I think that one should get you a little irritated oh, too oh he's from the Middle East all right but as long as he looks like an almond brother yeah. they'll buy it yeah they'll buy it yeah right. Yeah, Jesus playing lead guitar for Leonard Skinner. That's what was happening. Got it. Got it. He would look like the dude trying to deport. That's exactly. For sure. You you would be trying to deport him. Build the wall, right? (laughs) That's exactly the way Jesus would look. Now, they caught up with one of the women in the photo. Yeah. Wanted to get her take. How do you feel about this? Yeah. She says, I understand people being angry about it because I'm angry about it and I'm in it. Did they not know? Were they just like, hey, stand here? Because let's be real. If you are a model and they're like, you stand here, turn this way. You stand here, turn this way. You stand here, turn this way. You go here. You might not know that this was supposed to be the Last Supper. I could see this very easily being a little bit of wool pulled over the the bum bum eyes. So the woman who won, Diana Fegaroto, I'm guessing there. She says, I completely understand people being angry about it because I'm even angry about it and I'm in it. For me, it's blasphemy. I feel really bad deep inside of me. I'm a practicing Catholic. Okay. Now, I'm not going to question anybody else's religious fortitude. Right? But if you're really strongly convicted in your Catholic convictions... Being in a best ass contest is, is that goes along with your Jesus teachings? I don't think it does. Yeah, dude, you you take a bite of the wafer, you drink the wine, and then you start twerking, dude. Come on now. She goes even further here to say, since I did the photo, my heart is tight inside my chest. Well, now my penis is tight inside my pants after seeing this. She says here, I can't sleep and I can't stop thinking about it. Me either, Diana. Me either. She said, I've already asked for forgiveness from God, and I ask forgiveness from everybody else. We went too far. We were part of a great sin. They will crown her. Miss Brazil's 2016's Miss Bum Bum on November the 9th there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just going to reiterate. For me... Like if you bring Jesus and nuns and 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 you know you know altar boys and that into pornography and sex and stuff, dude, it just it feels wrong to me. I don't like it. I don't understand it. I'm not out to stop it. I'm not like, oh my God, you're offending my Jesus. Like that's not me who I am. It's just for me, it's like. That's a little far for me. A little strange for you, considering how many times you've rallied against religion, and I know you're not in a particular believer or anything like that. So. I'm leaving myself more open than I ever have, and maybe that's why. Um, but even in my like my teens, when I was like staunchly against organized religion, I still felt like it was wrong. It's probably the dad connection. Like even if I was raised by parents who believed in Jesus and just took me to church, but my dad wasn't a minister, I'm not sure I'd care. But I think there's something there where I'm like, you know that. Yeah, that's, I'm not great. Because I'll say, like, people bitch. Actually, a guy sent an email to my boss the other day. It was complaining about the fact that occasionally I will say, God damn, on the radio. And that is, for some people, that's very, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he just said that. And I will say that. Now, for a lot of you, that's blasphemy. So for me to sit here and be like, nuns and porn, that's blasphemy. I mean, we're arguing degrees of blasphemy there. But it has been always one of those things that I look at, and I just find it to be... And there's part of it, I think, too, that the Catholic Church has been at the center of some awful sexual things that I'm like, guys, I'm not sure we should be putting them in this 
in this, I mean, dude, the kind, dude, the church brings themselves into this sex realm on their all on their own. They don't need our help. People love taboo. If it makes them feel dirty, it makes them feel excited. Is that right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's, if, if it's, I'm not supposed to feel this way. Oh my Is god, that, I can't believe it. I mean, yeah. that's the same reason why guys will dress up girls to be like schoolgirls, right? Because. It's taboo in the sense that you're 17, not 18. Once you start saying, no, you're not supposed to do that, what's the first thing everybody does? Oh, I want a piece of that. Give me a piece of that. So, yeah, you know, the the complex relationship between sex and religion, you know, I'm I'm not surprised at all that people will have have and continue to put them together. Like, I got to be honest with you. Like, if I, all right, so I'm going out on a date tonight, right? Like, let's say this date goes really well and I end up back at my apartment with this woman. Okay. And she says to me, you know what? If you dress like a priest right now, you're totally getting laid. I'm going to come in here and lie tomorrow about not dressing up like a priest. <laughs> All right. We have Gallagher tickets. He's playing Camp Palace Theater. He's doing so November 5th. You'll get hooked up next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. The pitch. Swing and a miss. Chased a curveball in the other batter's box. Folks, Corey Kluber has registered nine outs, eight of them strikeouts. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9, all excited. Indians up one game to none in the World Series. Second game. First pitch, 7.08 this evening. They moved it up in a, an hour. Supposed to start at 8, but they moved it up due to some weather concerns up in Northeast Ohio. Apparently, we're going to get some rain tonight. Dude, a record-setting night from Corey Kluber. It really is. Like like I said at the start of this show, man, between that and what LeBron was able to do in the finals, those are two of the greatest athletic performances in a championship series that the world has ever seen. And we got to see them within four months of each other, dude. That's insane. And really celebrated as ours. It's insane. It'd be one thing to watch guys on a team do it and be like, wow, that's impressive. Right. But when it's your fan base, it's it's something different. Right. And, 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 and if... You know, not to say, well, dude, if the Cavs would have just kind of, you know, backed their way into a championship and if the Indians, you know, made it here and it wasn't on this, I guess it wouldn't be any less special. But, dude, to have two of the top performances of all time, dude, it's amazing. It's good stuff, man. They say Kluber going to pitch game one last night, obviously. Game four, game seven if needed. I mean... No reason to rest him now, right? I mean, right. I mean, it's the end of the year. You might as well play him. Same way with Andrew Miller. Um, I know I talked to Scott from yeah. Winnie for next year this morning about it, and Scott said, well, he's probably not going to be ready for tonight, and then that's probably true, but Andrew Miller has already said, if I need to go tonight, I'm ready to go tonight. It's great stuff, dude. It's great stuff. They just feel like a team of destiny, and I hate stuff like that, but they do. They feel that way. They feel like it's their year. Everybody was against them. Except for me. I was out there telling you they were going to win the World Series when the Cavs were still playing last season. Everybody's against them. All the national stories are all about the Cubs, and I get it. There's been a big drought for the Cubs. I understand that that's the storyline. That's the better story for Major League Baseball, for sure. Big city, big market, big franchise. Nobody's denying that. It's huge. So I understand why all the national conversations are about the Cubs. I totally get it. That's exactly what you should do. If you're a national publication, you go with what's going to get you the web hits, eyes on the screen. The Indians aren't going to do that for you. They're going to do it here, but on a national level, they're not going to draw enough attention. The Cubs will draw that kind of attention. So I understand why that's happening, and I also think it's good, and I think we should relish it. 
I think Paul Hoynes was absolutely vital in the Indians' run in the playoffs. I think that that him saying that and and those players hearing that, I think it built that. Oh yeah, watch this mentality with this cl- with this club, and I like it. Did you see he made good on his bet to uh, jump into Lake Erie? Yeah, I heard all that. Yeah, he uh, he agreed with some Twitter guy. Like, you know, the bet was if if, if they make the series, you got to go into the into the lake. And everybody's like, oh, he's going to welch on it. He's not going to do it. Paul Haynes. You can't do that. It, it, no, and he didn't, man. He uh, he went he went face first into Lake Erie yesterday before the game. So I did that for one of those polar things they do every winter, like in, in February. I did that at the one beach up there and we did it one year and it was one of the coldest days of my life it was freezing in that water well and let's be real too so you do it you freeze your nuts off and then afterwards you just have to be so angry at the world You're just like, mad. <laughs> you just have to be yeah. furious and that's john q public we're talking about stansberry here dude i'm sure you were a monster after oh i that. believe i was saying things like dude i pay hundreds of dollars every month for heat why am i doing this why am i jumping in there getting cold on purpose Good for Hoynes, though, dude. I mean, you know, you got to walk it back. I mean, sometimes you got to go out there. And look, I defended him when he said it. I said, look, you got to, because a lot of the the feeling from the fan base was, is no, I want my local guy just to be the rah-rah guy. No, you don't. That's not what journalists are supposed to do at all. I want him to be unbiased. I want him to look at it and say, dude, this is, because again, what? and I remember saying this then, that if all Paul Hoynes is going to do is be the rah-rah guy, you got to read his column once, and then you know what he's going to say. Right. Right. And at that point, I mean, if that's really what you want out of your, your, your sports writers, I mean, are you asking Tony Grossi to be like, no, the Browns are pretty good. No, dude, the Browns, let me tell you, the Browns are pretty good. No, of course you're not doing that, dude. You need to be realistic. And for Paul Hoynes to have said that once Salazar, Carrasco, all these dudes got hurt, all these injuries Michael Bradley happened, not playing. You know, Jan Gomes and all, for, for him to have said, I feel like this is the end of the run, I understand why he said it. I had the same feeling. No other sports writer in the country would have had anything else to say about their team with that amount of injury on it. Nobody. Right, right. It wasn't like a stretch. It wasn't like he was just being a hater. Yeah, it's not like they won 90 games and he was like, you know what? I don't think yeah. they're going to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, they lost a bunch of key guys. That There's there's nothing wrong with drawing that line. That's his job. That's, it, that's him being responsible. Now, Stansberry, it was. It was probably during Cavs season last year when you first started talking about the uh, Tribe winning the World Series. Yeah, bets made. Uh, which is very, very early, dude. I want to give you credit for that. Thank you, buddy. Um, did you see that somebody uh, picked the Cubs to win the 2016 World Series far before you? No. 1993, this kid's senior yearbook, he wrote as his senior quote, 2016 Chicago Cubs Shut World up. Series. Swear to God, dude. No way. Swear to God, dude. And it's been like, obviously everyone's like, oh, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. There's it's, been multiple. They've looked into it? I mean, listen, it's on the internet, so I'm not going to be like, no, it's 100%. Right. But it, there's been multiple pictures of it. Like, there's multiple people that say, yeah, I have the yearbook. Really? I graduated with this kid. Nah, dude, you throw crap against the wall and eventually something's going to stick. But yeah, but that's a hell of a shot yeah, there. It really was, that's, man. That's it really a, was. Yeah, all right. That's more impressive than me calling it during the Cavs season. Well, the thing is, is is he called for the Cubs to win, and he's going to be wrong still. He's going to be wrong. So, I've been telling you for a while now, Indians win the World Series. Browns go 0-20. By the way, Browns doing their part, 0-7, right? They are doing their part. Doing their part. Stansbury going off on that big limb. Browns are going to be awful. Well, I mean, there's a difference between awful and (laughs) losing every game. You're right. I also said the Cavs were going to win the finals. Even when they were down, I said, dude, stop. Stop freaking out. I know the Warriors are good, but what they don't have is LeBron James. He's pretty good too. LeBron pretty good. He's not he's not the worst. 
Talking about Cubs fans, dude, if you head over to WRQK.com right now, you can see a video of a guy doing one of those trust falls where you fall backwards and hope people will catch you yeah. from a streetlight in, in Chicago. Sounds terrible. No, yeah, I don't trust anybody, let alone strangers, for that. That's terrible. Gallagher playing the Kent Palace Theater, November 5th. Let's get you in the door for that right now. 1-800-243-7625. We'll take caller 10 on that. Aside from that, we are done for the day. We'll be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. after an Indians win again tonight, taking a 2-0 lead in the World Series. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. See you.